0: Hey, yo, say hello to the background. Scott Hall.
1: Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. Hi, this is Booker T, the five-time WCW champion. And you are listen to after this radio network. Yo, monkeys, it's me, P.P.P. The king of that of being, the master of the diamond cutter, the three times, three times, three times world champion. Stay tuned, or you will feel Hey, you listen on the SMS network, and that's the bottom
0: line. The no gold, gold, Cetro.
1: The world is listening.
2: Welcome to The Whole Indie Show. Your home for your weekly slice of indie goodness. So it's natural that I ask myself, is this a risk I'm willing to take? And the answer, absolutely.
1: If you know something about me, you know that I'm trying to change the wave of the future. Jesus, wins the change?
2: We need to pay
1: to the heart. Innocence,
2: once lost, can never be regained. Darkness, once gazed upon, can never be lost. All things truly wicked start from innocence. Because I want to see you see me smash it up.
1: Come and play. What I want is Brian Danielson's head
2: on a stick. This is my challenge to everybody on the independent scene, and that's to thrive. Thrive to be the best in the world.
3: With your hosts, Sandro LaTelpa, I'm Randy McWilliams.
1: I'm just trying to say,
2: see ya. Go ahead, say
3: something. And Ashley Richardson.
2: I'll well well I
0: knew we'd go
1: the fucking roof. Off.
3: So, I guess this is the only podcast that you need this week, given that this is the 101, technically. Or, should I say, episode 101 of uh, the whole indie show. Yes, this is Ashley, and uh, to celebrate, I've just killed 101 Dalmatians. I may not have, just in case Peter's listening. Anyway, joining me, um, looking forward to next week, because then he'll kill 102 Dalmatians, uh, <laughs> it's Sandro. How's your week been, Sandra?
4: Uh, uh, pretty well. Pretty well. Uh, I obviously watched the pay-per-view on Sunday, which we'll talk about later. Uh, mm-hmm. something I, I just want to talk about really quickly. Um, I'm catching up on a lot of my indie shows that I have. And, uh, recently I just watched, uh, AIW's Girls' Night Out 11, Um uh, Definitely a really good show. If you're a fan of women's wrestling, I definitely recommend it. A lot of good matches, especially the Athena, Mia, and Yim match, which is definitely match of the night. I probably have to say match of the year contender, in my opinion, so far. But uh, there was a, one moment that I have to talk about, and it's really funny. Uh, you know, I made a joke, uh, I think, two shows ago about Silesia Sparks and her ass. Well, yeah. she kind of did it again. At that show. Okay, so basically, um, it's a uh, Silesia and Jenny Rose against the social network. And right before the, they actually had the match, uh, Silesia decides to twerk again. So basically, she's doing a handstand with her feet hanging from the top, top turnbuckle. And she's twerking. And uh, once again, it is quite a sight. So then, uh, the social network decides to give their version of twerking with Heidi Lovelace doing the exact same thing, but she's having really trouble trying to shake her ass. So then Annie Social decides to help her out and uh, shakes her hips to, to try to do it, but it looks really horrible <laughs> and it's really funny.
3: <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's, I'm going to have to try and check that one out if I haven't already.
4: Yeah, it's a pretty
3: solid show. So, thankfully, there isn't a lot of news to go through. Um, Certainly, a couple of videos that you should see is uh, a couple of videos regarding AEW's absolution, which we'll talk about later on. Uh, Three great promos from um, hashtag all ego even page, Uh, Vader, Scott, and especially Josh Prohibition. Who, like, really sort of calls it like he sees it.
0: That's
3: just some good promos. And the fact that hashtag all egos and prohibitions are about five or six minutes, but they're still captivating, says a lot.
4: Yeah, definitely. The the prohibition promo was really done well, and it's a really good, strong promo. I definitely recommend people to check it out. Um, AJ Styles also had
3: some interesting words saying that he wants the next shot at the Ring of Honor title, which makes sense considering how, um, obviously you've got the feud between him and Elgin going on, and also, uh, the interactions between, well, the way Cole just hit him with the belt at the War of the World show. Because I'm not spoiling the Ring of Honor pay per view in case you haven't seen it. Although we are talking about it later, so we're going to spoil it anyway.
4: Well, it depends on when he's free.
3: True. Cause yeah, we'll we'll get to that. Yeah, he's
4: going to be busy in the next couple of weeks.
3: Um. But uh, also, big news, um, Drew Gulak is now set for the August triple header for Evolve, which I think is 8th, 9th, and 10th. Yeah.
4: I think. Yeah, it's uh, somewhere around that number. I apologize, but, uh, you know, bit busy. It's,
3: uh, it's early in the month of August anyway.
4: Somewhere in August.
3: Because nobody's going to give a crap about the end of August. Because the end of August is where it gets interesting. Because yes, yes, yes. Pro Wrestling Guerrilla have officially announced Battle of Los Angeles is coming a little bit earlier than usual. At the end of August, but it's a special because it's not two nights anymore. Oh, no no going back to the old format slightly. It's three nights.
4: Yes, sir.
3: And also, I think for the first time ever, I think it's not gonna be sixteen competitors in Bola. It's gonna be twenty-four. <clears throat> So now AIW is sort of worried that uh, they're stealing their idea. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. No, probably not. Because um, the fact is quite a lot of the talent on this car probably wouldn't get on an AIW show. For various reasons or whatever. So, um, yeah, let's get down to it. Because as soon as they pretty much announced Bola was on... They announced two-thirds of the competitors for Bowler as well. So, in order of reveals, um, first up, Matt Seydal, the former Matt Bourne.
4: Not surprise. Uh,
3: secondly, making his, I think, long due debut in PWG, oh, yeah. Drew Gulak.
4: Yes,
3: yeah, sir. Uh, number three is Trevor Lee. Mm. I don't think any of the other ones rhyme. Um number four is Chris Sabin.
4: The returning Chris Sabin.
3: Uh number five, Johnny Gargano. hmm Number six, making his debut. Brian Myers, aka the former Kurt Hawkins. Interesting. Uh number seven, Michael Elgin. Uh number eight, again, I think another long awaited debut, Biff Busick.
4: Should be really good.
3: <laughs> uh, number nine, Kylo Riley. Number 10, Brian Cage. Uh, number 11, ACH. Yes, sir. Uh, the 12th participant, another debutant, uh, Zach Sabre Jr.
4: That's really interesting. I heard really good things about him. I haven't really seen any of his matches, but I, I've heard really good things. Um, number 13, Rich Swan.
3: Number 14, Trent. I sometimes wonder whether I should do it Trent, as if I'm doing the Ron Burgundy question mark in the autocue thing. But, you know who Trent is. Um, Number 15, Cedric Alexander. And then number 16, Pipe Bomb, AJ Styles.
4: That was the real shocker. (laughs) Um, uh...
3: AJ has been in PWG before, hasn't he? Oh, yeah, he definitely has. But that's like... What five years ago at least?
4: Yeah, at least. I'm pretty sure um you know, Excalibur and Super Dragon had to get the help of high spots in order to get this man in PWG. <laughs> because I'm, I'm pretty sure they <laughs> what he what he's asking for, I'm pretty sure was gonna be enough for what they were gonna pay him for. But yeah, I'm definitely surprised to see AJ in there and you know what? So far this year's Bola is looking really stacked. And we're not even done yet. And that's
3: without some of the big names like Ricochet in it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or um, Adam Cole isn't even confirmed for it.
4: That's right.
3: Um, trying to think. Oh, actually.
4: Well, Obviously,
3: you'd say Steen, but that could be complicated depending what happens. Oh, that's
4: interesting. I'll talk about that in a bit.
3: Okay, um, I'm trying to think. Who else? I guess Chris Hero is a name that you could put in there. Hero. Uh, um.
4: If if they wanted to, maybe the Bucks.
3: Yeah. Candice LeRae, I'd say. Oh, Possibly yeah. Joe Ryan as well, because yeah. he's got history. Yeah, I think
4: you you have to put in Candice.
3: Also, we've seen Trent. Where's Chuck Taylor?
4: Come on. They'll probably get in there.
3: And again, Chuck might be more focused on another triple header happening the following month. But we'll see. Um, So, yeah, that's... (laughs) If that was the 16 in Bola, I'd already be interested. But the fact that we still got another 8 on top of that, holy crap. Do you want to give your thoughts on stuff before we actually head into results or any other news that you've got sandra
4: actually i do have a couple of stuff but uh going on to kevin steen um i guess you you haven't heard uh this past week on his twitter he had mentioned that his dates in august will be available because he had stated that he is going to europe in august Okay, so not sure what's going on with him and uh, WWE, because we we do know he is heading there, but there could be some sort of delay that we don't know. Um, He had only mentioned he has about three dates open in August for the UK. Uh, I think it's going to be in early August. I don't recall the dates, but he is taking bookings. So that's really interesting to hear. I'm uh, not really sure if he's free in the U.S., but it is interesting to hear him say that. I'm trying to,
3: trying to know if there's any any big shows happening. I don't think there is, is there, for the British promotions in August? Off the top of my head. I can't think of anything that's supposed to be coming up, because Revolution Pro isn't, like, till... September, or October. So, unless, of course, we hastily arrange something, <laughs> which is feasible.
4: the The New Japan stuff. We'll talk about that after the results are correct. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> so, I want to quickly give my thoughts on a few things. Um, first off, uh, I forgot to mention this last week. Uh, Wrestle One uh, made an announcement that they are now bringing in more people into the promotion. Uh, Keiji Muro had a press conference stating that he has set a deal with uh, Yoshihiro Tajiri from his Wrestling New Classic promotion to bring in the male wrestlers into the Wrestle 1 promotion. So as of now, Tajiri's promotion is on hiatus, but he's bringing in his talent to Wrestle 1. So now that promotion is getting more talent and is getting more stacked.
3: What, what is it this week about Keiji Muto and trying to steal the spotlight?
4: I'm telling you, man.
3: Segway. That, that, that news that, okay, this isn't indie related, but it technically is because it's clearly been done in conjunction with Wrestle 1. The fact that Bound for Glory is going to be in Tokyo.
4: Yes. Um, they had this press conference uh, here in New York because they're, I think at, at this moment, uh, they're having their first day of the TV tapings here in New York City. Uh, they announced that they're bringing their TNA's biggest show of the year in Tokyo, Japan. Uh, they're bringing in Bound for Glory in Japan on October 12th. And I'm—I don't even know what, what to think about this. I this is really risky. Granted, the, the the show for those that don't know, the show will be held at Kerrigan Hall, which is uh, I would say it's safe because they're not going to try to run shows in Sumo Hall because there's no way they'll try to sell out that venue which which is actually funny because the first uh it's a promotional shows that they had together was at sumo hall and that drew horribly
0: yeah they
4: only drew around i don't remember the exact number but it was only under the three digits
3: and that so less than a thousand.
4: And that venue holds about close to twenty thousand. Now, how big's and Hall? Is it like it's about eight? two, two, two thousand at best? Yeah. Now I know Wrestle uh, One is bringing in uh, Davey Richards and Eddie Edwards in about a couple of weeks from now. For a big show that they're, they're happening, they're having at uh, I think it's happening in Sumo Hall, and I'm not mistaken again.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: So they have, from now until October, to try to hype up TNA. There is no way that they could try to sell out with just TNA talents. They have to bring in Japanese talents in order to bring in fans to watch their product.
3: And the big problem is, there aren't a lot of great talents that Wrestle 1 can get. Because arguably most of them are either... Um, all Japan, whichever you know seventeen versions it is now,
4: I don't know which one is well, Canon well, that doesn't really matter to the fans. they'll just hmm. watch it if they if they like it now, um for what I'm hearing, uh some people don't like Russell One due to the booking that they've been having recently, some still watch it um it's kind of 50 50 with the fan base and as far as attendance as well so like i said they have from now until october to basically hype up tna now if you go back a couple of years ago when ring of honor went to japan to do several shows they had to bring in talent from dragon gate and noah because i think uh Carrie Stokin and Gabe Sapolsky were probably worried... that they wouldn't sell out with just Ring of Honor talent. They had to bring in talent from the other promotions... in order to bring in fans. Now... TNA have to send in... several of their talents to Japan for Wrestle Ones... for like some big shows. Pretty much until October. Is this really risky? I would be very surprised... If they get close to a sellout. Uh, Hopefully they'll do well. Uh, Some of the current TNA talents have been in Japan. I'm pretty sure. The Japanese wrestling fans will remember them. And hopefully they do good. But we'll see.
3: I think they missed out big time. No. Positive move for TNA. They're out of the country. Negative move, wrong country. Uh, I would agree. Because they're airing it on tape delay. They have to. Yeah. Well, they, they can't, can't do it four in the morning. But, um, certainly, you know, if you have to do it on tape delay, why not do it from a crowd which is going to be into it, like a UK crowd? Because I've just got a feeling that if there ain't enough, Japanese talents. And I know, um, I know Krelly was saying this on Facebook. I hope he doesn't mind mentioning it, but he even he said the likelihood of fans sitting on their hands for quite a few matches in that is high because I don't know how I, I don't know. I don't think TNA is big at all in Japan. No, they're not. So, and, as you said, this is this is basically do or die, and it's more likely die.
4: And this, the, the weird thing is, they have their TV in Japan; they do wear Impact there. And for what I'm hearing, the, the viewership is crap, <laughs> simply because of their backward storylines and segments.
3: Simple as that. Yeah, because we know. <laughs> Most of the Japanese stuff, it's like we don't need stupid build and hype. Yeah. It's because, you know, we've, we'll get to it in a minute, but New Japan has pretty much announced its schedule from now through to mid-end of August. Mm -hmm. Without any sort of promos or anything. It's just, here's the matches, watch them, bitches.
4: Yeah, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens.
3: Any more news from you, Sandro?
4: Um, not really, but I I kind of want to give a a quick shout out to uh somebody. Uh, I want to give a uh, some uh good uh positive thoughts and well wishes to uh Kevin Ford from uh PW Ponderings and uh, Digital mm-hmm. Special. Uh for those who don't know, uh he's having some uh, serious uh, health problems and I uh, just want to wish him some, you know, well wishes.
3: Definitely. So um we'll jump into um results and first uh we go to the emails for a result. Uh L Train sent us in um some results from the <clears throat> Hollywood Red Carpet show from a couple of Sundays back on june the fifteenth. Um so uh the show started with Terex beating uh Eli, Everfly, Rudy, and Ali Hussein. So apparently he won a three on one handicap match. Terex is the big show. Um, the Mav TV title match saw Joey Ryan successfully retain against Ryan Taylor. Uh, the Heritage Tag Team Championships, uh, retained by the Rocknest Monsters, beating Colt Cabana and Pretty Peter Avalon. Then, uh, in the Heritage Championship match, uh Matt Hardy defeated uh, Ricky Mandel via DQ. That's weird. Matt Hardy went over as the goody? Because Mandel got himself disqualified? Or was there shenanigans? We don't fully know.
0: So
3: <laughs> I think that Ricky Mandel was... I think he's Heritage Champion. If it is Matt Hardy, then... Is that the new iconic belt or something? Oh wait that's spoilers we'll get to that A <laughs> uh, j Styles beat Trent Beretta I'll leave the silence there for uh the everybody to collapse in surprise and then the red carpet rumble itself uh the winner was Willie Mack uh, after eliminating Matt Stroger. so I think because of that, Willie Mack gets a chance against the um the uh, the world title. Which is awkward considering the fact that he may be heading to uh, Orlando. <laughs> um, so yeah, thank you for that email, Altra. Um, So we'll jump into the main bulk of the results and we'll get to, a, I guess, a big one first because there's news and everything galore from this. New Japan's Dominion show from right well early saturday morning wasn't it yep really early on yeah, um something. so uh the opening match saw new champions as uh, the time splitters of kashida and shelly beat the bucks after the hoverboard lock from kashida on nick jackson so um i guess <laughs> I guess Bullet Club won't have all the titles at the same time. <laughs> Tetsuya Naito beat Tamatonga uh, with a Stardust Press. Hiroki Goto and Katsuyori Shibata beat Yuji Nagata and Tomoaki Honma when uh, Goto used a reversed Ushi Kuroshi on uh, Honma. Uh, Tenkoji of Hiroshi Tenzan and Satoshi Kojima retained their NWA World Tag Titles, beating the Killer Elite Squad of Lance Archer and Davy Boy Smith after Kojima used a lariat on uh, Davy Boy. Uh, Kota Ibushi beat Ricochet with a Phoenix Plex to retain his IWGP junior heavyweight title. There was a nice spot, actually, after it when... Um, yeah, uh, they had a handshake afterwards, but also... Ricochet wanted to give Ibushi the Super Juniors trophy. Really? Saying that he deserved it. <laughs> and Ibushi was like, No bitch, you keep it. You deserve it. He might not have said n- no bitch, but you know, might as well Speak- might as well mix it up.
4: Speaking of spots, I know there was I haven't seen the match yet, but I, I did saw one spot where uh Ibushi did a top role Frankenstein into Ricochet. But Ricochet, instead of landing flat on the mat, he landed on his feet and then did a high high kick, Mm. which is fucking awesome. I have never seen that before, and I was just shocked when I saw it. Ricochet was a pretty crazy spot for the sounds of it. (laughs) Ricochet is on. He's at another level.
3: I do love the fact, though, that that match was leaked because it finished after 13 minutes and 37 seconds. <laughs> that sums it up, Leech. Um, uh, then we had uh, Minoru Suzuki and Takashi Azuka beat Toriyano and Kazushi Sakuraba after Suzuki used a Gotch style pole driver on Toriyano. Then in the special tag match, AJ and um, Yajiro of the Bullet Club beat Okada and Tomohiro Ishii. When, um, Yujiro used the Miami Shine on Tomohiro Ishii. Then, uh, for the IWGP tag belts, uh, Bullet Club retain, Anderson and Gallows beat, uh, Tanahashi and Togi Makabe. And then the main event, Sandro called it Bad Luck Farley beat Shinsuke Nakamura with the Bad Luck Fall to become the ninth champion and therefore, if you don't count the junior belts, um, Bullet Club has the Monopoly. They've got the world title, they've got the world tag titles, they've got the intercontinental title, and uh, by the looks of it and the sounds of it, Yujiro Takahashi also wants um, the Never open weight title as well from uh, Tomohiro Ishii. Yeah. Which clearly was probably teased in that match with um, uh, Bullet Club versus uh, Chaos.
4: Yeah, even though I said I didn't want it to happen, but I had a strong feeling that it was going to happen. And I kind of have a theory of what's going to happen now, but we'll get to that in just a bit. Oh, okay. Um,
3: so, um then <clears throat> there was other stuff announced, but we'll jump to that towards the end because I think some of the one of the things is big for a certain few talents. So uh, on the night they announced the G One climax lineup. Woo! So um, and the, we've got some promising matches as well oh, in these.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, so um, in Block A we've got. I'm probably going to do this in a certain order, so bear with me. Uh, Satoshi Kojima, Yuji Nagata, Ta- Katsuyoichi Shibata, Tomohiro Ishii, Kota Ibushi, Shelton Benjamin, Davey Boy Smith, Dot Gallows, Bad Luck Farley, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Shinsuke Nakamura. Yep. So, <laughs> Tanahashi and Nakamura have to face each other for the fourth time this year.
4: No, it's probably like the 20th.
3: <laughs> yeah, if you don't count
4: all the other dark shows. <laughs> or their prior made event shows over the years. In the 2000s.
3: <laughs> no, but I'm saying this year it's their kind fourth, of. isn't it?
4: Yeah, probably.
3: Probably their 79,000th in their careers. Uh, <laughs> and then Block B gets tasty as well because we've got uh, Togi Mikabe, Hiroki Goto, Hiroyoshi Tenzan, uh, Tetsuya Naito, Toru Yano, AJ Styles, Minoru Suzuki, Machine Gun Carl Anderson, and then the three here that look promising, Kazuchika Rikada, Yajiro Takahashi, and making his debut in the G1, the IWGP champ. AJ Styles.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: And the interesting thing about this year's tournament there's really no outside participants in this year's tournament. Which is interesting but at the same time I don't really have a problem with this because it's it's pretty much already stacked as it is with their roster. Yeah,
3: ele- 11 people which means obviously 10 nights. Yeah.
4: Now, the interesting thing about this year's tournament uh, they're not going back to back with each shows. They're going to have a a day off in between all the shows, which is good and smart. Um, well, not all of them. Some of them. Well, most of we'll them.
3: Get, we'll get to the schedule. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you the dates, but we'll we'll go specifically onto certain matches that you'll probably want to keep an eye on. So, yeah, it starts on the twenty first of July with night one. Um, then night two's on the 23rd, night three on the 25th, and then night four on the 26th. So there they go back to back. Um, then there's a show on the 28th, then a couple of days off to the, uh, uh, double header on the 31st of July and the 1st of August. Then another double header on the 3rd and the 4th, then a show on the 6th. And then on the 8th, and then the the finale on the 10th of August. Yes. But before all that, um, Kizuna Road. Uh, A whole set of shows has been announced. We won't go over everything, but there's a couple... There's two or three big matches. On the opening night... um, Hiroshi Tanahashi will be having his 15th anniversary match in his home region of, um, Gifu, uh, where he'll be teaming with Tetsuya Naito to take on Togi Makabe and Tomo Homa. Then on the show on the 29th of June. So wait, hang on. That's, that's this Sunday, uh, this Sunday, uh, Tomohiro Ishii will be defending his never-openweight title at the Kurakun Hall against uh, Yajiro Takahashi. Like was teased at the uh, Dominion show. And then, I think it's on the 30th or on the 1st of July, I'm not sure. But the next show after it, uh, Kota Ibushi will be defending his IWGP junior belt Against Kushida. That's
4: that's going to be on July fourth.
3: Okay, that's the yeah, as the as the fourth of July show, yeah. America. America. <laughs> um, I've just realised we're gonna to have to yeah, we're gonna go stupidly patriotic <laughs> next week's show because fuck Transformers. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll explain that to Santoro in Break. But anyway, um. <laughs> I'm not a fan. So some of the some of the matches um, that certainly are uh, ones to look for. The very first night of G One. Oh my on the god! The twenty first. The main event is Okada versus Styles. Who arranged this?
4: Why? <laughs> it is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. I think
3: is that one on pay per view?
4: They haven't really announced any anything about that, so we don't know. I'm
3: just trying to judge by the Japanese providers, though, because some of the ones are sometimes the Samurai TV ones normally aren't pay-per-view, but because the the first night is Tsuka-chan uh, and WPW, I'm kind of wondering whether that could be provided.
4: W, w, WPW is just a highlight show that's on Japanese TV. Okay, I don't know what. Suku-Chen is. maybe it's a tv or maybe it's a an ip provider i really don't know but night one i want to talk about two specific specific, specific matches that really got me hyped
3: is one of the mokada styles or not
4: uh to be honest not really oh wow so it's I, not that one i know it's a good match but i i don't really care to be honest the worst match, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kota mm. That has really good potential to be a great match. But I think the match that could definitely be match of the night and possibly a show stealer. Shinsuke Nakamura versus Katsuyori Shibata.
3: That, that's brilliant. That we're, we're saying match. that those two could be matches of the tournament, and that's on the first night.
4: <laughs> that match, oh my god, I am really looking forward to seeing that match.
3: That's yeah, I will say it's got potential, considering you know how they've been performing. I don't know whether they've they obviously haven't faced each other one on one recently either of those. I think the last two.
4: I think the last time they fought each other was in the early two thousands, at best.
3: Yeah, so it's a long time in the making.
4: <clears throat> um, Night two. Um, I guess Nagata and Ibushi that has some interest in me.
3: Yeah. I've certainly things. got an opportunity. I'm just trying to have a look for the. Hang on, I just. Hey, on, where's AJ on night three?
4: Not everybody's gonna wrestle each night.
3: Yeah, but I don't see AJ's name.
4: He probably has a night off.
3: Yeah, but oh, oh yeah, right. So yeah, because it's eleven. Some somebody somebody gets a night off.
4: Hiroki Goto and uh, Minoru Suzuki, night three. That one has definitely has potential mhm shibata davy boy that that one should be really interesting as well as uh davy boy does mma training as well so that could be really interesting uh let's see quickly Ibushi Ibu- versus ibushi yeah i was gonna mention that night four yeah really good potential uh um, anderson uh rematch from uh Two years ago at the G1 Climax Finals, where uh, Okada won that one, Tanahashi versus Shibata—that one has a another good potential.
3: Night five, I'd say Naito versus Okada. <laughs> That's have the match that should have headlined Wrestle Kingdom twice and
0: didn't.
4: <laughs> On that same show, Hiroki Godo versus AJ Styles—that should be real interesting. Hmm. Nakamura versus Ibushi, I believe that's a rematch from last year's tournament as well, if I'm not mistaken.
3: Tanahashi versus Ishii for, is it 6 Didn't make a note.
4: Goto versus Anderson, that, that one sounds pretty good. <laughs> Okada versus Toru Yano. <laughs> that
3: could be crazy. That
4: could be comedy. And it's also Chaos members going at it as well. Oh, Tanahashi versus Ishii, a rematch from last year's, one of their best matches during that tournament as well.
3: Yes, that closes, well, might not close night like six, depending on the schedule, but anyway, yeah. Oh, this one's really... And then seven, as if Ishii didn't have it easy, he's got to face Nakamura, then. Is it the, yeah, literally the next night? Oh my God. He's got to face Tanahashi and Nakamura in 24 hours, roughly. Dear Lord.
4: (laughs) But another match that has to be really interesting AJ Styles versus Minoru Suzuki.
3: Yeah, that's, oh my God. Certainly got potential there. Um, Also, what happens between Yujiro Takahashi and Karl Anderson?
4: Oh, yeah. Do
3: we get Finger Poker
4: Doom? <laughs> uh, no, they'll probably just go at it because I, I remember two years ago we had uh, Nakamura against Okada and they were both members of Chaos and they beat the hell out of each other I still remember that match
3: and then put the date in your diary because to be honest with, the, with enough international attention I wouldn't be surprised if this was on per view. 3rd of August so it'll be Early in the morning on the 2nd of... No. No, it would be early in the morning on the 3rd of August. So everybody has to get up early. For Day 8, Tanahashi versus Nakamura. The rematch of the rematch of the... Loads of rematches. It's the
4: rematch of the decade.
3: Yes. But the fact that on the undercard, you've also got Ibushi versus Shibata... And Okada versus Yujiro,
4: But hey, let's talk about the important match here. Let's talk <laughs> about AJ Styles versus Lance Archer because, ladies and gentlemen, this is a rematch that hasn't happened in years at TNA and we're getting it in New Japan. Yes,
3: this is what I'm talking about. I'm trying to think. Can Lance Archer claim for the X-Division title? <laughs>
4: I don't know. Maybe he should call himself Dallas, like he did back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> but, anyways, in seriousness, uh, moving on to the next show. Day nine. We got um, Kodobushi versus Davy Boy Smith. That one could be real interesting.
3: AJ versus uh, Anderson.
4: Hmm, that one. That, that one should be nice. That one is really intriguing. That's the one I'm looking forward to as well. Goto versus Okada should be really good.
3: Oh, hang on. Did we, have they already had the, uh, have we missed the, no. Okay, that's coming up later.
4: <laughs> Tomohiro Rishi versus Shibata on August 6th. That should be a yeah, hell of a match. Day
3: 10, Day 10 that'll be a good one. And um, yeah, day 11, the rematch, uh, Nakamura versus Farley.
4: Yes. Unfortunately, leave it the, right till the end. <laughs> unfortunately, the belt won't be on the line, but you know that's, that's all good.
3: Hang on, I've just realised. When is AJ facing um, Yajira?
4: Uh I think it's on the day two, if I'm not mistaken, or day three. That's on the uh,
3: day, day three. He's got the week off. That's uh, July 26th. Uh, okay, night four. No, that's Naito.
4: Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry.
3: Um so I'm just having a quick look. So I wanna know I wanna know when they go at it. Um oh it's night ten. Mm-hmm. Then at night.
4: Uh before
3: that's gonna be a power struggle. Yajiro takes over the bullet club.
4: Screw Before the, the last day. Um AJ is taking on Tokyo Makabi. That wouldn't that one could be interesting.
0: You mm-hmm. also
4: have Okada taking on Minoru Suzuki. That could be really good as well. And uh, you know, of course, the finals, which uh, I guess we should mention, who will be there as? uh,
3: Yeah, this is when it gets interesting.
4: (laughs) As what I only
3: got the the third place playoff. I I don't know why I say the third place playoff. Basically, it's the two competitors that finish in second place. Yes, Um,
4: it's it's been a while since I've seen that. I. uh, I can't recall when the last time they had that. The best way I can describe
3: it is like a third place playoff. It's like the World Cup third place.
4: It's,
3: yeah. Somebody's getting some extra money that doesn't exist. 5 million yen Ricochet. What happened to it? <laughs> um so yeah, you've also got the final with whoever it will be. Obviously considering that the competition's taking over a week to actually two weeks of, um, well, verging on two and a bit weeks of competition. We'll obviously be talking about that. But, yeah, some big things. Uh, Firstly, in Japanese news, uh, Kazushi Sakuraba will be making an appearance. Cool. Um, Also uh, announced on um, the Dominion show, New The finale will also see the official debut of the uh, partnership with Global Force Wrestling, Jeff Jarrett's new company. Yeah. Uh, Jarrett will be there.
4: Yeah, I, that one caught me really off guard because... <laughs> new Japan's doing deals with everybody. NWA. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, people are really hyped for Global Force, even though they're not going to have a show until next year. So, I don't know why people are going crazy for it, but I was just really surprised that they even had this um I don't even know where they're gonna where they're going with this because as I said, they're not gonna have shows until next year.
3: I'm just wondering whether because of that announcement, that's why Dixie said we need to see them off. Let's do a deal with wrestle One,
4: yeah, that's probably why
3: <laughs> um, but the big one to me, is there's going to be appearances from I'd say five and a half or possibly six Ring of Honor talents. Because um no, it is five. It's just so, <laughs> somebody's listed twice on the notes that I've got. Um, so, going over to Japan, possibly for action, I guess? Yes. I'd have thought more than likely. Uh, Michael Bennett with Maria. Um, Red Dragon of Kylo Reilly and Bobby Fish. And Adam Cole.
4: Now, I do have confirmation on what matches they'll be on. Uh Oh. Uh, Red Dragon, they're going to be taking on... The time splitters of Alex Shelley and Kushida. Nice. And Adam Cole and Mike, Michael Bennett. They will take on the tag team of Jushin Thunder Liger and Captain New Japan. So it's
3: the kingdom versus the masks. Yes.
4: <laughs> Still going to be good. I'm just glad they're they're all getting an opportunity. Um, yeah. Obviously, uh, Bobby Fish, he's been in Japan many, many times with Pro Wrestling so I think people might know who he is. Everybody else is going to make their debuts. Uh, I guess except for Maria, she's been in Japan with WWE before. But people might not remember. I don't know. But uh, I know people, <laughs> as always... People were mad when they heard Michael Michael Bennett. Michael
2: Bennett's going. Why isn't Michael Elgin going?
4: Yeah. People are so mad. This damn shame.
3: This is where we need Batista to just say deal with it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
4: we should probably get like a sounder for that.
3: But well, yeah, definitely, uh, I'm, I'm happy that... Michael Bennett needs that on his phone, so every time it happens, he can just press it. Just... We don't need it, Michael Bennett does, because that guy's deserving of the opportunities. Apparently, the internet doesn't think so.
4: I'm really excited to hear that Kyle is getting this big opportunity. He, he mm-hmm. definitely fits the uh, Japanese style, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing all these guys doing well in New Japan.
3: Definitely. Um, With the time, we'll go through a few more of the results, but we've got so many results to go through. Because we wanted to discuss the New Japan stuff, because we obviously won't talk about it again for, like, it's three weeks, isn't it, till the first show, roughly. So a few weeks to go, but we'll probably talk about it more then anyway. But um, we've just got time to go over a few more um, results. So... um, First up, IWA Mid South, somebody's gonna hurt somebody. Uh from Clarksville, Indiana last Thursday. Uh some news coming from the show. Apparently uh Davy Richards and Eddie Edwards will be there or um they'll be there on August the thirtieth for one of their upcoming shows. And apparently somebody will be reborn at the Ted Petty Invitational in September. So it's official. Jesus is joining the IWA Mid South roster. I don't know whether he is, but yeah, might as well put it out there. So uh, we had Big Zode on the actual card itself. Big Zode beat Mr. Sosa. Have mercy, Percy Davis uh, beat Bolt Brady. Uh, there was a triple threat between Trip Cassidy, Isaiah, and Jojo Bravo, which uh, Isaiah won after pinning Jojo, and afterwards uh, received the invitation uh, to the Ted Petty uh, Invitational Tournament. Uh, then, uh, the Iron Demon, Shane Mercer, uh, defeated, uh, BJ Whitmer. Diamond Cut Ace Perry beat Gary J. Me, Mitch Page, uh, successful over Harry Palmer. In a submission match, uh, it was Josh Crane, Never Say Die, making, uh, Dale Patrick's The Phoenix tap out. And then in the main event, no holds barred, unsanctioned lights out match. Um, Mitch Ryder and Ian Rotten ended in a no contest after Ryder threw a fireball into Ian's face which accidentally struck um, Ian's girlfriend and, oh sorry, no yeah, Ryder threw a fireball into Ian's face struck his girlfriend and ran out of the building so Ryder basically just took a puncher. that, took a puncher so my question is that None of that crap would have probably happened if the lights were on. Because nobody saw it. All they saw, all they probably saw with the lights out was um, just the flame. Which is an entertaining match. To be honest, it might be like some of the matches that we've seen that... Um... Oh, when CCW had the light problems. <laughs> okay, it wasn't dramatic as, like, complete blackout, but... Whenever they had the problems, it's always been...
4: Yeah, that was at uh, Duff.
3: Yeah. Uh, Then 2CW, uh, Captain Ando's Island Getaway at the 95X Fest from uh, Saturday. Um, I don't know whether all the matches happened. All I do know is these matches happened. Um, Jasper Whipple beat Cheech, uh, Supercop, Dick Justice, and Guy Sunshine in a four-way. Zachary Swingate Third beat Isis FX. The Electric Dream Machine of Sudley, St. Steve McKenzie and Guerra Loco, accompanied by um, also DXN, uh, beat Bin Hameen, Pete Dirty Bomb Order, and Eric Mohamed Timmons. Dalton Castle uh, won the triple threat match between him, Colin Delaney, and Jay Freddy. Pepper Parks and Cherry Bomb uh, beat Punisher Van Slyke and Kevin the Man Graham. Uh, For the 2CW Heavyweight title, Captain Nick Ando successfully retained, beating Johnny Gugano. Sabu uh, beat Juggernaut Jason Axe in the hardcore main event as well. Um, There is sort of big news for 2CW's next show, on July the 13th, entitled 2CW in 3D. Because... Uh, the tag champs of Kevin Steen and Juggernaut Jason Axe will be defending the belts in a tables match against Devon and Bully Ray. Yep. With Spike Dudley as the referee. <laughs> Which makes me think Spike's going to screw the other Dudleys. Because if Team 3D take the belts, that's gonna be a bit of a problem. <laughs> Probably, I would say. Um, also, quickly go through. We didn't mention this last week because there was too many to go through. Um, FIP had a Florida Rumble i pay per view on uh, Sunday afternoon. So uh, the opening match was the rumble itself, with the final two wrestlers earning a shot at the Open the United Gate titles against the Bravados, and uh, the winners was ri- the winners were Rich Swann and Caleb Conley. Hmm. So I guess the Premier Athlete Lionel Richie brand or something. I don't know.
4: Yeah, that's really weird. <laughs>
3: Um, uh, we had Rhett Giddens beat Josh Hess with uh, MSL with an F5. Dos Bendejos uh, versus Eddie Raves and Teddy Stigma ended in a no contest after Graves pulled the referee from the ring when uh, Bendejos were about to win. Jason Cade uh, defeated Aaron Solo with a victory roll. Uh, Jesus de Leon uh, successful over Zane Riley with Earl Cooter with a frog splash followed by a moonsault. Then Earl Cooter himself was in the next match, uh, successful over Johnny Vandal with a handful of tights in the roll up. Then a non-title match between Candice LeRae and Eva Lee got turned into, uh, Candice and Eva Lee teaming up to take on the Lucha Sisters of Mia Yim and Lever Bates for the showing tag belts. <laughs> what? Um, anyway, uh, the Lucha Sisters retained after Mia hitting a package powder over on Candice. Then uh, Lindsey Dorado, successful over John Schuyler with a Hurricane Rana. Joey Ryan beat Maxwell Chicago with a super kick. And then uh, the Open the United Gate tag titles uh, successfully retained by the Bravados after they hit the gentleman's agreement on Rich Swan. So, on that note, we've still got about 17 million results to go through. So, this is going to be a packed show, I guess, is what the technical term would be. So, um, we've still got results from AAW to come. We've still got Beyond Wrestling's results. Uh, We've still got the Shikara triple header. And, of course, Ring of Honor. Which will, I guess, have to be a mini-review, because otherwise we can't fit anything else in this show. (laughs) So... More of that will be coming up after the break.
1: No matter how hard you try, you can't stop us now. No matter how hard you try, you can't stop us now.
5: Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. Are you feeling down in the dumps because you live outside the United States and maybe you can't get the WWE Network? Maybe you'd like to watch Netflix from the American region. But since you're in another country, it doesn't work for you? Well, I've got the solution for you. The SNS Radio Network is recently affiliated with UnblockUs.com. If you go to the SNS Radio Network page and click the UnblockUs.com banner ad, you can sign up to get a VPN. Not sure what a VPN is? Well, it basically protects your identity online. Basically, it gives you an address online where the content you want becomes available. Here's how it works. When you click the link on the SNS Radio Network banner, it takes you to unblockus.com. And from that link, you can sign up for a free one-week trial. If you decide to sign up afterward, it's only $4.99 a month. And when you think about it, that's great savings. $4.99 a month allows you to watch American Netflix or any region of Netflix that you'd like to watch. And here's the biggie, folks. If you don't have the WWE Network, you live in the U.K., you live in another country outside the United States, UnblockUs.com can set you up for $4.99 a month with a VPN that will allow you to have access to the WB network and all regions of Netflix. And you can watch it on your PS3, your Xbox 360, any device you have, you're able to use with UnblockUs.com. And the best part about it is, I'm not just talking about this, I'm using this service myself. So once again, go to the SNS Radio Network, click on the UnblockUs banner, And from there, sign up. And if you do that, you help to support the SNS Radio Network as they give a kickback to us to help keep all the shows on the SNS Radio Network for free. Once again, UnblockUs.com, giving you freedom online.
1: No matter how hard you try, you can't stop us now. Hey wrestling fans, do you want to break from the day-to-day ins and outs of the WWE
5: TNA
1: and Ring of Honor? Do you like talk radio that pulls no punches? And do you like your sci-fi and fantasy? Well, tune in to the Elite Force Podcast each and every midweek with Chuck W. And each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mind Wipe. Exclusively on the SMS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network.
3: Yes.
5: This is going to be fun. Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. Just a reminder for you to listen to Sunday Night Showdown every pay-per-view Sunday as I'll be joined by my broadcast partner, the Bronx Father, Tony J. Mirabella, Harmony Boom Boom Jackson, and Mark the Shark DiCarlo as we provide the best pay-per-view coverage of the WWE. And it starts at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific Time every pay-per-view Sunday Sunday night showdown your home for WWE pay-per-view coverage
1: This is the Bronx Father to tell you about the Get In The Zone podcast every weekend right here on the SNS Radio Network with myself, my co-host, Anthony Farley, and bringing you the TNA recap. No, God, please, no, no. L Train. We also cover SmackDown, some news, and you might even get moments like this OH MY BROTHER
2: TESTIFY
1: wow oh Lord. oh my god wow that wasn't that was that wasn't half bad <laughs> what
3: the f- <laughs>
1: to quote
3: see since I'm imitating since I'm imitating d tonight I might as well run the gamut of black wrestlers and go with Booker T tell me I did not just
1: hear that. It's one of those things to edit. <laughs> <laughs> to edit or not to edit—that is the question.
2: For the reaction to giving you cannot edit this one.
1: Oh, shit. Anthony's dead. He's just done. <laughs> Oh, we might as well just end the show right now. <laughs> so, check out the archive every single weekend and drop us an email anytime. SNS get in the zone at gmail.com right here on the SNS radio network. The-
3: Welcome back to The Whole Indie Show, episode 101, with Sandra and Ashley, and uh, you did hear Adam Cole's Ring of Honor music there. One, because it's bloody awesome, and um, two, because we'll be talking about Ring of Honor, hopefully in this segment, depending how long these results go. Um, so, uh, we'll get through them as quick as we can, starting off with uh, AAW's Bound by Hate from last Friday in Berwyn, Illinois. Uh, the show opened with uh, the Bateri's debut, uh, an unsuccessful one however, there was Zero Gravity beat oberian and Kodama with the Flippy Cup 2.0, and I did notice um, on uh, Facebook this week, I don't know whether it was Obarian or Kodama or whether it was the Bateri's Facebook page, uh, but they said we don't do Flippy Flops, so I guess... Flippy flops, flippy cups, same thing. Yeah. Um, in the four-way match with the winner to go on to the main event to take on Shane Hollister for the title. Uh, ACH pinned all-ego Ethan Page uh, getting uh, that main event spot. The other two competitors were Marek Brave and uh, Lewis Linden. We had Keith Walker beat Shane Sabre. Uh, there was a uh, said. What's said to be a great uh, Knight Wagner promo, challenging Marek Brave to a tag team match with Justice Jones. Then um, sent Holmes and Brave get into a shoving match. Jones kills um, some security guys. Literally, just kills them, I guess. And then Brave comes out of a chair and clears the ring, while also avoiding a beat down. Uh, Silas Young beat John Silver with the stock lock. Then in six-man tag... Joe Martini, Christian Faith, and Ben Boone, uh, successful over Cabana, Colt Cabana, um, uh, Yuntai Miller, and Marion Fontaine, after Faith pinned Fontaine with a roaring elbow, and uh, Gregory Iron interfered against Cabana. Shenanigans. Uh, Tony Rican then came out and said that his last match would be on July the 18th in an unsanctioned match. Who it would be against? We don't know. Uh, Then Josh Alexander beat Michael Elgin after Page nailed Elgin with the belt and turns on his former man of the year, I guess. And uh, Alexander did the double dominator. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: So Ethan Page is now heel again.
4: The Mafia's back.
3: (laughs) And the Monster Mafia is back on. Um, Eddie Kingston beat Jimmy Jacobs and uh apparently kicked out Jordan Grace from ringside.
5: Oops,
3: yeah, that's good. Um, Dan Lawrence and Marcus Crane then beat the losers. Uh, Marcus Crane then called out Ryan Boz, which led to a Boz driver from the top rope on Crane through a couple of chairs, but then, um Keith Walker took out Boz with a chain. Then uh, Matt Cage held another one of his open challenge for the heritage title, which Heidi Lovelace answered. Hmm. Uh, Matt Cage retaining with a money clip. Then apparently Jordan Grace called Heidi Lovelace out and said that Lovelace isn't the face of AAW women. And then Silas Young comes out and killer combo's Grace. So, she got kicked out by Eddie Kingston and got beaten the shit out of by Silas. Well done. Congratulations. Get well soon. Sure. And then the main event, Shane Hollister retained the uh, AEW heavyweight title against ACH with a roll-up with the tights. Hashtag heel. So, uh, next up, Beyond Wrestling's Uncomfortable show from uh, Sunday afternoon. Uh, The Creator Pro Showcase four-way match saw um, Anthony Bowens beat VSK, Pat Buck, and Dorian Gray when Bowens hit an Oklahoma roll on Dorian. Uh, Then, in the Stage 3 match, Anthony Stone beat Dave Cole via the Meteora. And after the match... Uh, Sex and Candy argued with uh, Aaron Epic, who was in Cole's Corner. This led into the next match as um, uh, Sex and Candy took on the contingent of Nicholas K and Mike Quest, the contingent successful after um, rolling up Pinky. Sex and Candy did go for their finisher at one point, but Aaron Epic knocked Sugar Dunkerton off the ropes, or off the top rope, should I say. Uh, then eight-man tag action: uh, Ryan Rush, Francis Kip Stevens, and the team of Milk Chocolate of uh, Brendan Watts and Randy Summers uh, beat uh, Stocky Stockade, Blake Morris, Rex Lawless, and Jesse Vane when uh, Rush hit a deadlift powerbomb on Lawless for the XWA Heavyweight Title. I don't know what that is. Um, it's promotion. Uh, David Starr beat Brian Fury via an arm trap German suplex to retain the belts. Then in the the uh, I am the law match, I guess. Team tremendous, the the uh the detectives, Dan Barry and Bill Carr, defeated Officer Colt Cabana and Supercop Dick Justice after Dan Barry roll pinned uh, Dick Justice. Apparently this is an amazing comedy match with uh at one point, Dan Barry questioning Cabana about when CM Punk was coming back. <laughs> and then, right at the end, Dick Justice pulled a gun from his fanny pack before he was rolled. <laughs> oh my god. Then, uh, fans bring the weapons CCW title match. Biff Busick successfully retained against Matt Tremont. Busek winning via a half and half suplex off the top rope. Then we had an impromptu match. Uh Eric Corvis was out there, but uh the man from the Crusade for Change Um Darius Carter came out and offered Corvus a spot in the group, but got turned down. Uh which then was came in, you know, was became an impromptu match. Eric Corvis getting the win after a second rope spine buster. And afterwards, Corvus challenged Jimmy Jacobs to a first blood match at American Rana 14. Is that a wise move from somebody that did the Age of the Fall? Really? I don't know. Uh, for the first time ever, um, in anywhere, I guess, uh, Chris Dickinson beat Brian Cage by the Razor's Edge. Uh, in the welcome to the Indies match, as described, uh, AR Fox beat the Prince of Queens, Brian Myers, after a small package. But um, it said that basically Hawkins hasn't lost a step uh, because he hit AR Fox with a DVD off the top ropes onto the apron, which may have hurt Fox. Ouch. Um, And then in the main event, the last man standing match, uh, JT Dunn beat Chris Hero via a roaring elbow. Hmm. Um, Apparently the match went for about 35 minutes. So if this is on YouTube, it'll probably be about $74 at that rate. Uh, That's worth mentioning that there are more um, shows from beyond on uh pay per view basis on YouTube, but they are going a bit weird on them apparently uh the the really good matches are uh three dollars all the women's matches despite whether they're good or not are five dollars what yeah Ugh. every single one of the women's matches on that card that I noticed are four dollars ninety nine cents
4: Okay, if, if that's the case, then I'd rather wait for the DVD or the full MP4. The
3: the, the, the men's matches in the tournament and even like
4: the final are $3. Jeez. I uh, just want to quickly mention something. Uh, currently, the there's a TNA taping here in New York, and apparently the crowd are chanting for the Young Bucks. <laughs>
3: this is what happens when you're in the Manhattan Center and the Manhattan Center rocked what six weeks ago? yeah, if that for the, the uh new Japan stuff, so it's
4: gonna and of course, uh apparently there are several former wWE guys. Well, am I not surprised?
3: Um, yeah, I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm going to b- brush over that because it's like, yeah, that's not a surprise. Um, so, so far the card for American Rana, which is, is it mid July or, uh, yes. Yeah. So it's in a few weeks. Um, we've got team tremendous of Danbury and Bill Carr taking on best friends of Chuck Taylor and Chen. Oh no! <laughs> Gets better. Um, Eric Corvis versus Jimmy Jacobs in a first blood match. Fear and loathing in New England of Dave Cole and Aaron Epic taking on Sex and Candy of Sugar Dunkerton and Pinky Sanchez. Uh, Anthony Stone and Nicholas K will go in an I Quit slash Loser Leaves Beyond match, but the only way that it can be decided is by the throwing in of a towel. Not actually by anybody saying I quit. It's got to be a towel. It's got to be old school Owen Hart. Um, what was the name of the... Arnold Skolan, that's his name. Arnold Skolan style, throwing the towel. Uh, the Young Bucks will be taking on the Juicy Product. And it will be Chris Dickinson versus Michael Elgin. So... Uh, American Honor looks good. Although I'm still wondering, where's the crusade for change? I'll keep asking. Don't show up. Um, so, Shikara time. Uh, first up, Quantum of Solace. Uh, it opened with, uh, the throwbacks of Dasher Hatfield and Mr. Touchdown beating Gary the Barnow and Evan Yulistico after a double team and, uh, Hatfield pinning Gary the Bar now. That does mean, however, though, that the throwbacks have three points for the Artos, which don't exist. So a bit of a problem there. Uh, then there's a crazy Technico segment involving 3.0, the Colony, the Estonian Thunderfrog and Gervais Cottonbelly. I need to see the footage now. <laughs> Um, Ophidian beat Heidi Lovelace with an O'Connor roll into a bridge. Uh, Mike Quack and Bush came out, thanked the fans and said we are Shikara. So pretty much what he did on the last show. Try and be original Quack. Um, the next match saw the Latvian Proud Oak and the Lithuanian Snow Troll beat Mr. Azerbaijan and Prakash Sabar after a roll up. Uh, there was a Rudo beatdown after the match. Um, the flags got thrown in the garbage, apparently. <laughs> um, and the, uh, Estonian Thunder Frog came out to check on his partners. Then, uh, Workrant beat Deviant with a pump handle into a knee in the face. That hurt. Um, Pieces of Hate of Jigsaw and the Shard beat, uh, ACDC with the Jig and Tonic on, uh, Arick Cannon. The proletariat bore Moldova beat the Estonian Thunderfrog with a spear. There was a post-match beatdown, but the rest of the Baltic Siege made the save. And the main event saw um, the Spectral Envoy beat the Devastation Corporation. However, there was no Max Smashmaster. Yaka replaced him. uh, But Envoy won when Mantis made uh, Oleg tap to the Shikara special after some help from Blind Rage so hang on was so it was four on four then I guess I mean it makes sense to be isn't it it should yeah trying to remember who else is in the I'm trying to remember who else is in I guess it would have been Flex Rumble Crunch wouldn't it I don't think it was at the no, show. I don't know. I'm just trying to work out who the four were as part of a Devastation Corp. Considering Max wasn't there and Yak replaced him. Oh, anyway, yeah, right. I... yeah, yeah, you're right,
4: you're right.
3: I don't know. Anyway, uh, later on in the night, uh, we had Shikara's Diamonds of Forever. Uh, before even the expansion pack started, though, Chuck Taylor came out and informed us that the Swamp Monster is dead.
4: (laughs) Oh, boy.
3: Moment of silence of the Swamp Monster there. Um, So the expansion pack match saw Chuck Taylor beat Shenron with the awful waffle and then threatened a small child on his way out. (laughs) Chuck is going back (laughs) to
4: his old ways.
3: Apparently, um, just as I remember, because I looked at it, over the weekend last week um the expansion pack match for the last show you only Live twice was i think um baltic siege in it was either a tag or a trios match successful over um the uh the block party yeah just because i remembered it um Then the main show opened with Team Old Fashioned of Gervais Cottonbelly and Marin Fontaine beating Lost Ice Creams with double backslides. So it's good to see that the train continues and the Ice Creams are um, still losing. Uh, Max Mashmaster beat Jojo Bravo with a moonsault. Uh, Blind Rage uh, defeated Matt Fitchett with a sit-down Splash Mountain. Then the Auditorium of Oliver Grimsley and Kefka the Quiet beat Oberian and Kodama uh, via DQ after Bateri basically just kept beating down on Grimsley. Uh, Then um, Juan Francisco de Coronado defeated Billy Rock. Um, Fire Ant and Silver Ant of the Colony beat uh, Orbit Adventure Ant and Missile Assault Ant of the Colony Extreme Force. When uh, Silver Ant made Orbit Adventure Ant tap to the Shikara special. Then um, we had the Jimmy Jacobs Eddie Kingston match. No, not the one in AW. Um, Jimmy Jacobs actually came out not dressed to wrestle and talked to Kingston about not really being a part of Shikara and asked Kingston to join the Flood. Jacobs said that Kingston will be fighting a war that he can't win. Then mentions the person above him, which um after that, Kingston attacked Jacobs. The match got underway. At one point during the match, Jacobs told Kingston he can help him win her back. Okay. So more mind games. And eventually, Jacobs beat Eddie Kingston with a spear. Hmm. Then we had uh, Archibald Peck and Shane Matthews and uh, Scott Parker, 3 Peck O, taking on the BDK. Uh, That ended in a DQ when the auditorium interfered. So then the Bateri came out to help clear the ring. Then all of a sudden, screw everything, 10 man man main event. So uh, in that, uh, 3.0, sorry, 3 Peck O and the Bateri were successful over the Auditorium and the BDK. And then, um, Shikara's Goldfinger um, started with a 4 way elimination match. With the throwbacks uh, successful in the match, uh, the other participants were AC, DC, uh, Cannon and Corbin, the BDK of tersus and Noken, and the Auditorium of Kefka the Quiet and Oliver Grimsley. So I guess they now have um, at least four points. Because I don't know uh, what happened there. Uh, Ophidian beat Movado. I don't know who he is either. Uh, Yaka uh, beat the Estonian Thunderfrog. Uh, the Devastation Corporation of Max Smashmaster and Blaster McMassive, uh defeated 3.0 of... Uh, Matthews and Parker after a top rope sent on Chuck Taylor beat Gervais Cottonbelly Belly. Uh, the eight man tag Blind Rage, Frightmare, Hallowickad and Ultramantis Black uh, beat the Gekido of uh, 17 The Shard, Jigsaw and Missile Assault Ant then uh, we had Eddie Kingston beat Shenron after Jimmy Jacobs talked to Kingston so I guess something's going on there and the main event saw um, the colony of Silverant, Workrant, ant, and the Bateri of Kadama and Iberian beat the Flood comprising of uh, one of Jimmy Jacob's security guys, Jimmy himself, Ares, Oleg the Usurper, and Deviant, I believe Deviant, um, being pinned for the, for the victory for the good guys, for the Technicos, and the Flood losing because Deviant lost uh, Ducalion came out and killed him (laughs) okay so apparently you know Ducalion doesn't discriminate if you don't deserve to be in the company you get killed because so far now he's well he's killed off a swamp monster a goblin and a traitorous ant I guess. So I guess all we need him to do now is come out at Money in the Bank and fuck up Brock Lesnar. And then life's good. Do you think we can do cross-promotions
4: like that? (laughs) As much as... um, I don't want to get off topic here, but I just have to mention this. (laughs) Apparently, what's going on at TNA... Uh, The Great Buddha came out for a segment, and he barely got a reaction. Wow. That's, uh, I don't know what's to Now we
3: know how it will be like in four months' time. When ZNA does Bound for Glory in co-promotion with Wrestle 1. Hello, Tokyo! (laughs) Cricket. That's... I'm disappointed to hear that. Well, should we ease people's disappointment? Well, I say ease some people disappointment because, um, yeah, interesting opinions on what we got to talk now. And I guess it's the mini review for ring of honors best in the world.
4: Yay. Finally, some good things to talk about.
3: Well, <laughs> some people weren't impressed. I can't, I can sort of see their point, but, I think they probably haven't been watching the product as long as um, indie veterans like you and me are, Sandra. Right. (laughs) Because, you know, Ring of Honor, admittedly at the minute, is quite full of... um, I know um, Mac Daddy was sort of saying it was sort of the... same sort of high spot sort of stuff for the um, first hour, which is admittedly true because I think you could have done the matches a bit better to sort of not make people feel that. But certainly I think it's harsh on the third match, but we'll get to that anyway. Uh, So the first match, the six-way scramble for a TV title shot. Somewhere down the line. Yes. As uh, it was ACH, Takagi Watanabe, Caprice Coleman, Darius Thomas, BJ Whitmer, and Tommaso Champa.
4: Yeah, so this was your typical six-way match anywhere, wherever you see it, whether it's uh, Ring of Honor, AIW, Dragon Gate USA, wherever. It's all pretty much the same. High spot, high spot, high spot. Regular power spot, high spot, high spot, high spot. And finished. There you go. That's pretty much what it was. Uh, it was fun. I enjoyed it. I didn't have an issue with it. Um, ACH got the win after hitting the 450 on, I believe, it was uh, Tadarius Thomas. And uh, great reaction from the crowd. Of course, everybody loves ACH. And I'm glad he got the win, and... He gets he now gets the title shot at TV title.
3: The one thing worth mentioning from it is um, ACH did do the crazy dive as well, yes, about five seconds before the 450. <laughs> he like did the dive, caught Caprice Coleman, rolled him in the ring, 450. That's
0: it. <laughs> it's like.
4: Can you give us time to breathe, please, mate? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, Jim Ross wasn't a fan of that.
0: Yeah,
3: which
4: is valid. I'm not knocking on him. I, I I I do agree with his points on that. But you know, it is what it is.
3: Yeah. Um, interesting though. After the match, um, B.J. Whitmer sort of got in Steve Carino's face, and it looks like we were nearly going to have a fight at the commentary table.
4: Which. I thought took away the attention from ACH. I thought that isn't it, isn't that
3: the goal of um isn't that the goal of a decade?
4: Yeah, but this was their live pay per view debut, and they just stole the attention from ACH.
3: Which I they didn't want him. They didn't want him to go over. They wanted another guy. I guess so to go over later on.
4: I mean, don't get me wrong. I knew we were going to have something happening with uh, Whitmer and Carino. I actually thought we were going to have a match at the pay-per-view. But I'm guessing they might save it for Final Battle.
3: I guess we'll have... um, I guess you could have it for Death Before Dishonor. I don't know.
0: Probably.
3: So next up, the Ring of Honor TV title match. Lethal versus Taven. Truth Martini, um, handcuffed at ringside, and for some reason, a 15-minute time limit. Well. This is a pay-per-view, and we've got a time limit.
4: Well, that's because it's the TV title. They they have a time limit.
3: Yeah, but I'd still give it more than 15.
4: Well, (laughs) that's what they give it for. But uh, anyways, Okay. Here, Here's my issue with the match. They put the stipulation that Martini has to be handcuffed to the Turnbroker Post. Now, I was aware at the last show, they decided to put back uh, Silesia Sparks back with Martini, even though Martini was the one that kicked Silesia out of the group. So now they have Silesia in his corner, you know something was going to happen.
3: It's because she appeared on WWE.
4: <laughs> so pretty much the stipulation was completely useless. Yeah. But anyways, on to the match itself. Uh, for what it was, it was all right. Uh, for what it was. I know one of the moments where uh, Lethal was going to go for a suicide dive, which, as I stated before, I think he should stop doing because he's a heel, he shouldn't be doing that. But he decides to do it anyways. So as he's about to hit the suicide dive. Once he goes th- through the ropes. Uh, Taven super kicks him. While in he midair. Which was a cool spot. And then. Uh, Taven does. The suicide dives. On lethal. Uh, good back and forth. Between the two. So basically the end comes. When. There's a big ref bump. Uh the reference now for quite some time. So at this point, uh Taven sees Martini. Now at this point, Marti- um excuse me, Taven tries to go after Martini several times, but uh Lethal stops him you know from trying to get his hands on Martini. So he sees Martini, he tries to go after him, but then uh the head security of Ring of Honor, Jay Diesel comes out and prevents him. And Taven grabs the chair. Jay Diesel stops him. He grabs the chair away from him. Uh, Taven decides to shove Diesel back and forth, so that Jay Diesel slaps him in the face. And then I think uh, Taven super kicks him in retaliation. And
3: apparently, and then Laizia comes out. Yes, thinking she's the Incredible Hulk, and breaks the handcuffs.
4: Uh, yeah, apparently she did. <laughs> And they both ran to the back in the locker room. So, uh, goes up, uh, about to jump off the top turbuckle. But, uh, then lethal, uh, stops him and then hits the lethal interject injection, excuse me. And he gets a three count and retains the TV title.
3: Uh, I don't know. That one just lost it for
4: me. It was all right. But uh, the just the fact that he had Silesia out there, I'm like, okay. Something's going to happen here. Like like I said, that stipulation was completely useless once you had soon, Silesia coming as out. As
3: soon as I saw Jay Diesel take his shirt off, it's like, he's not security. He's going to be debuting on the fucking roster
4: in a month. Well, he does do the, uh, the future of honor shows. Which uh speaking of, I, I know they're having uh their next show, I think, uh next month if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. And uh I know one person that's gonna be debuting for the, the future of honor is uh Hanaya.
3: Ah, the huntress. Yes.
4: Or as uh uh Leonard, Leonard F. Chikarsin calls her, Triple H. <laughs> It's really funny, and I really did not notice it until he said it. <laughs> Which I think that's what should, I think that's what we should call her from now on, Triple H. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways,
3: Triple H is your women's champion.
4: <laughs> I don't want to hear that. <laughs> oh my god.
3: Um. So next up, um, a really good match in my opinion, the submission match between Strong and Alexander. The key thing about this is, is they could have gone submission heavy in it, but they sort of did it in the same style as, um, um, oh, what was it back in the day? Clash of the champions, uh, flair versus funk. Oh, okay. In the I quit match. It's sort of the same thing. It's just, it's a submission thing. Yeah. Okay. I guess it is a sort of the same thing because at the end you shake each other's hands because they're a code of honor. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there was, there was, there was one of the bits where <clears throat> I think Strong backdropped. Oh my God. Dude. He, he backdropped Alexander, I think, from the middle of a top rope, wasn't it? Onto the edge of the apron.
4: No, this was on the outside.
3: Oh, from the outside of the ring onto the apron.
4: Yeah, they were on the floor.
3: Oh, God. I'm trying to remember so now. So Cedric,
4: yeah. so they're on the outside. They're they're brawling for a bit. Cedric charge at Roderick, and then Roddy back body drops him, and Cedric lands hips first on the apron, and it looked really nasty. I'm like, fuck. I honestly thought he might have broken a bone or something because it looked really bad.
3: He bent in a way that you're not supposed to bend. Sort of. But, um, yeah, it was, you had some submissions in the match, don't get me wrong, but most of it was just basically work, each, each of them working each other down to make them as sore as possible and then obviously going for the submissions. And the finish... It was great. I don't want to say shades of El Generico, but it sort of was because Alexander lifted Strong up and rather than doing a turnbuckle brain buster, it was more like... It's a backbreaker. A backbreaker. Turnbuckle backbreaker.
4: Yeah. Basically, Roderick Strong, he does that from time to time. So that's what Cedric did. He basically stole, in quotations, Roddy's (laughs) finishers. Yes. Which I yeah. which I thought was great. I really enjoyed the finishing sequence. So he hits that backbreaker off the top rope. Uh, then he hits the, the orange crutch suplex. And then he ends it with the stronghold which is the, the Boston crab. And Roddy taps out. Uh, I thought this was a great match. I thought it was a good move to have Cedric win the match. Um... I would have thought this would have been the end of the feud, but uh, it looks like it may not be. Because after the match, Cedric uh, extends his hand for a handshake and Riley decides to walk off.
3: So it looks like the feud... He would... stood there for a long while, though, thinking about it. Yeah, he, he probably stood there for He about... hadn't
4: done before. He probably stood there for about 10 seconds at best. But uh, maybe the feud continues. I don't know. I think the feud between Strong and Alexander has been really good. I would say maybe it's time for Cedric to move on, but we'll see what happens. But still a great match.
3: Oh definitely. Um then it got a little weird again. Um the Briscoes versus Bennett and Hardy. <laughs> Yeah. Which just, it was sort of back and forth between the two and Jay hitting uh, Hardy with three Hangman's neck breakers pretty much in a row. Mm -hmm. And then Bennett decided to hit Jay Briscoe with the iconic title. DQ, match is over. Then Jay said, that's bullshit. Wanted Nigel McGuinness come out to restart the match. Who, as if by magic, as soon as Nigel McGuinness' name was called, appeared from the curtain was Nigel McGuinness. And um, basically said, you want it started? Don't go anywhere, Hardy and Bennett. We're doing this. No DQ. And then, of course, we start going into a TLC match. Ladders, tables, streamers. <laughs> Anything. Also, apparently, there was some bloke there from Justified that I didn't even recognize.
4: Yeah, I don't know what the guy is either, but...
3: Uh... He was a bloke that was clearly the replacement for um, Red Dragon.
4: <laughs> well, I don't know
3: about that, but... Uh... Well, it was it was the Tom Lawler effect. It was like, he sh- why the hell is he there... Let's run with it.
4: Yeah, but in this case, uh, I feel it didn't do anything to help the match. In my view, but
3: true, no, true. L- Lawler in that one match, he did actually sort of participate somehow in an active manner, not just I'm standing here. Maria did more. Yeah, and also, can can we ask Maria how the hell do you get pants that are three inches wide? <laughs>
4: What the hell is up with that? Oh, dear Lord. Hey, I don't get a problem with that.
0: <laughs> but anyways.
4: Good match. I, I really enjoyed it. A good uh hardcore style match here. A lot of plunder involved here. Uh a lot of crazy stuff happening. You know, as you said, Ash, there was a lot of, of tables, there was ladders and a whole bunch of crap. So uh, basically the ending sequence uh A a really big ladder was set up in the middle of the ring. There was a table set up on the outside. There was a table set up on the inside of the ring next to the ladder. So. uh, Mark Briscoe lays uh, Michael Bennett on the table on the outside. Mark goes on the top rope. Hits a frog splash. Goes through the table with Bennett. In the ring at the same time. You have. Jay Briscoe and Matt Hardy going at it on the top of the ladder. Climbing up for whatever reason. So they're punching each other back and forth until Jay gets the better of Matt Hardy. And Jay Briscoe hits a uh, superplex off the ladder. Right through the table which got a big pop from the crowd. Then Jay Briscoe gets up. And hits the Jay Driller and he gets the three count.
3: And um, I guess they got the belts back. Uh, And then everybody went finally. Well,
4: (laughs) not really. Jay tried to get the belt back, but Maria grabbed it and ran away to the back. Damn it. And one thing I should mention that I forgot to mention. Uh, During the match, uh, the actor that was with Hardy and Bennett, uh, Nick Siri. I think that's the last name. But anyways, he got involved in the match as well. Uh he got it in front of uh Jay Briscoe because he tried to hit him with his uh his Peabody award and uh, I think Mark stopped him and both Briscoe surrounded him and just beat him up.
3: <laughs> wasn't there a point that um wasn't there a point that uh they were gonna give him the doomsday as well?
4: I think no they just they just punched him, and once he was down uh they just
3: yeah they beat down on him but when they beat down on him the crowd was like literally just that silence it
4: was like but the, but there, <laughs> this shit. but there was a point that they did hit a doomsday on uh michael bennett and that was on the outside uh, yeah, yeah. and that was on the outside of the ring not on the inside yeah, was which was a bit crazy. Stiff, but a really good match. I enjoyed it.
3: Um, I'd have preferred to have seen better, but that's probably just because of the fact that you had the stupid half a match at the beginning. Whereas I always thought it was going to be no DQ from the get off. Apparently, it wasn't. So, anyway, then I don't know if I I'll just have a look at the time. No, we've probably got some time. Oh, I don't want to talk about this. Larry Mercer. Yes. Larry Legend Mercer. Yeah, we have to change things. Comes out. (laughs) Introducing, who was the woman? I can't remember her name. Mandy Leon. Mandy Leon, who I don't even recognize. Who in turn introduces the new roster member for Ring of Honor Moose Oh boy The guy that's had four months of matches In his professional career And I did some research on him Apparently he beat the shit out of his wife when he was in the NFL (laughs) at one point due to an argument they had over her getting suspicious over him chatting with another woman on his Facebook page but my only problem is Moose has got the charisma of a dripping tap because Moose was looking dead into camera and I was just thinking death row rapist (laughs) Just it's like, it's it's like, I'm supposed to like this person. Fail, massive fail. And you know the crowd didn't care, I didn't care, my buddy who was watching it didn't care. I think we've all agreed that Moose is like, why the fuck is he here? And then um, the saviour shows up, Vader Scott, and I was like. Yes, come on. Where is he? And then she just informs that um, Ardy Evans isn't there tonight. And I'm going, bollocks, bollocks, bollocks. And they announce that the streak is 122-0. And basically Vader offers uh, Moose a chance to be a client. Moose turns it down. And I was I was actually legit cheering. Because I was like, Vader, why the hell would you want him? You know, you've got a guy like RD Evans who's got an undefeated streak and has got a charisma against somebody that's, you know, got a rap sheet as good as Cameron in the WWE. Um, and, you know, basically, even... Even Rob the Robot can cut better promos than Moose.
4: Oh, this is reference. <laughs> yeah, this was the worst segments of this entire show.
3: This this could be a contestant
4: for worst segment of the year. Yeah,
3: probably. Yep. Also a contestant for worst wrestler of the year. Oh, there's no doubt about that. <laughs> I know he didn't wrestle, but also, what the hell was... Ma- Mandy Leon was there for about 15 seconds, and it's just like, I'm going! Even she knew how bad this segment was. She was like, I disavow all knowledge of
4: it happening. <laughs> yeah, I was not too thorough with this entire segment. This was horrendous. And I know certain certain people that were probably watching Ring of Honor for the first time, apparently they weren't really fans of Larry because of his voice, of his presentation, I guess. The price is wrong, bitch.
3: Yes. Price is... Oh my god. Larry Legends is the... That... We're skipping ahead. The video package. For the Elgin Cole match. I don't think many people complained about that. Who's narrating that? Two people. Larry Legend, slash Mercer, slash whatever the hell he wants to call himself now, and Scarlet Bourdog.
4: I think no, actually it was a uh, it was Mandy who was doing the with Larry. What? Yeah. She, she- <laughs> I don't <laughs> even know who this Mandy person is. She's uh She's one of the, the trainees at the, the Ring of Honor Dojo.
3: Oh, so we're implying, we're implying that Moose was trained in Ring of Honor.
4: No, no, I'm talking about Mandy.
3: All right. I was going to say, you know. But <laughs> Moose I... is the reason why Mr. Hugh should not be training wrestlers.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> I'm putting it out there now. Well, apparently he trained AR Fox, so... I mean,
5: I don't know. He he can do
3: Wonders with AR Fox, and then Moose. Yeah. That's literally like, you know... (laughs) The the glass is full, and the glass isn't even half empty. It's not even empty. The glass doesn't exist yet, because it hasn't been invented.
4: Yeah, anyways, let's move on, because I think we're... Doing way over his with the segment. Yeah, moose knuckle. Let's call him that.
3: Um so let's get to something good. Steen versus Young. This was just a brilliant match. And um sort of did what it had to do. It made both guys. <laughs> Cause you could sort of sell from Steen's out. Outing, but it was basically him sort of going wink to the camera and basically going This is my audition tape, WWE.
0: <clears throat>
3: Cause there was certainly not so much of his crazy stuff that he's done in the past. It was just his usual spots that he's been doing really for the last few months. Probably the the most extreme would have been. I don't think he actually hit it, did he? The uh, apron bomb.
4: He tried to. He attempted it, but uh, it didn't happen. Uh, I enjoyed the match. I thought it was really good. I was really surprised that Steen won the match. Because everybody knows he's moving on. And I would have thought it would have been a good move to have Silas winning the match instead. But after the match, uh, Sting cuts a promo, uh, puts over uh, Silas Young. Uh, they both shake hands. Silas leaves. Sting cuts another promo basically saying that uh, his time of Ring of Honor is almost up, which I was a bit surprised he even mentioned that because I, I would have thought he would have even mentioning it, but... He, he did say that
3: he had um, like another couple of months, was it? Or another month and a half? He said a month and a half.
0: Yeah.
4: <clears throat> so as he's continued with the promo, Silas comes back and attacks him from behind. Obviously indicating that the feud will continue at least until next month, maybe early August, <clears throat> as what I mentioned earlier in the show. So obviously the feud continues between Steen and Silas. And yeah. maybe that, when Steve ha- does have his final match with Ring of Honor. Silas does go over this time.
3: And uh, Stan Hansen's uh, kid was well, not his kid.
4: Oh, he just reminded me that. I, I, yeah, I've heard he's somewhat related to him he's the nephew i think something like that i i I think stan is his uncle i've heard he's related to stan hansen but i don't know in what way i think he might be his uncle yeah which is interesting because i really Mm. never knew that but now looking at the the mustache maybe (laughs) maybe that's why (laughs) looking at some of his wrestling
3: moves and the stash yeah this daddy hansen yes
4: and i gotta say I, i thought silas looked really good in the match were, yeah, for his uh, national pay-per-view debut, I thought he looked great.
3: Considering, you know, he beat the shit out of Jordan Grace 48 hours before. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, we are going to leave it for now there. When we come back, we've got the world tag team title match with Red Dragon and um, Daniels and Kazarian, whatever they're going to be called now.
4: <laughs> Influentially bad?
3: Yeah, influentially bad. And uh, the main event, the Ring of Honor World title match afterwards. And then also um, previews for quite a few cards coming this weekend, including the big one from AIW. So, all that will be coming up after the break on the final part of this week's Whole Indie Show.
5: Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the mic, Jeff Jackson, and I want to take a moment to let you guys know that personally I appreciate the support that we've had here on the SNS Radio Network over the years. And I'm here to tell you about a new way that you can help us out and show your support for the SNS Radio Network. We now have a way for you to uh, donate to the SNS Radio Network. If you go to the SNSRadioNetwork.com main page, scroll down. There is now a donate button on the page. Now I'm not saying you have to donate to us, but your donation is very appreciated as we do a lot of hard work on the SNS radio network, spend a lot of our time and our own money to make sure that you guys have uh, entertaining podcasts and live shows on the SNS radio network. So to those who have donated so far on behalf of the SNS radio network, we appreciate you and your continued support. And for those that will donate in the future, again, we thank you for your support of the SNS Radio Network. www.snsradionetwork.com, providing you with free podcasts since 2010.
2: In here. Let's go to our ring announcer.
0: The following podcast is scheduled to take you
5: back in time. Host, ring announcer Sean Beckerman brings you pro wrestling nostalgia featuring classic moments and old school themes. So buckle up and go beyond the bell
0: each and every week on the SNS Radio Network. It's
2: Go Time! Unplugged. CT. You want the answers? I think I've entitled you. You've got the truth.
1: You can't handle the truth. Every month on the SNS radio network. Check out the podcast that deals with conspiracy theories, mysteries, and the unknown. Check out Unplugged CT with Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson, and Bronxzilla. You have questions, we have answers. Keep an open mind because the truth is out there. The truth shall set you free. Hey there, listeners of the SNS Radio Network. My wife here. Now, as most of you listeners know, I happen to promote my own albums every now and again. And the latest one is now available. Yes, Dream Sphere. The musical journey that takes you through the realm of fantasy is now available at mindwipestudios.info. 14 tracks plus a couple of bonus tracks all available for the neat little price of 10 bucks US. $10 US or A. So check it out today. It's got some great tracks including Witchwood, Dream Sphere, Flight of Dragons and many, many more. Free Sphere available at mywise studios.info.
5: fan of the SNS radio network want to keep up with what's going on with all the personalities and radio shows on the SNS network let me tell you how you can check out the Facebook group over at www.facebook.com slash groups slash SNS radio network on Twitter follow us at SNS radio network you can follow me mr. money on the mic Jeff Jackson at SNS underscore JJ sex a one. These are just a few ways to keep up with all the happenings going on on the SNS radio network.
3: week's show and um yeah um a little bit of uh i guess destiny sort of related music from zero seven because a lot of destinies happened or might happen i guess i guess we're talking past and future like x-men days of future past except um with less patrick stewart i don't know um anyway Back to the Ring of Honor, Best in the World Review. And uh, next up, the tag team titles on the line is Red Dragon of Fish and O'Reilly. Take on uh, the influentially bad Christopher Daniels and Kazarian.
4: Yeah. Oh, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> uh, good match here. Uh, fans really popped when Daniels and Kazarian showed up. Uh, I did like the uh, the tights that they were wearing. They had uh, the X-Men logos on the side, which was really cool. Uh, pretty good back and forth between both guys. Um, I thought Kyle looked really good in the match uh, when he got in, uh, had his match with uh, Daniels. Mm-hmm. Um, A lot of strikes exchanging between uh, Daniels and, and Bobby Fish, which I thought looked pretty good. Uh, Basically, uh, the ending finish came when I believe uh, Kazarian uh, hit the flux capacitator on Kyle O'Reilly. But when he landed, uh, Kazarian, uh, he had hurt his his arm early in the match. And that was when uh, the ref was distracted by, I believe it was Christopher Daniels. So Red Dragon... uh, grabbed the chair and smashed the chair in Kazarian's shoulder. So they had been targeting his shoulder pretty much the entire match, which I thought was great. So he was clutching on his shoulder after the move. And uh, as Kazarian was going for the cover, Bobby Fish managed to pull off the ref, which uh, I thought looked really good. He just... Pulled them off, like, just, like, really fast.
3: Which... Yeah, he just pulled him out of the ring. It was just...
4: You would have thought, like... It,
3: it, he was using elastic.
4: You probably would have thought it was, like, soap or something. <laughs> that was just that quick. Uh, so I decide... Uh, Kyle managed to get a roll-up on Kazarian for only a two-count. Bobby Fish comes in and uh, hits... Uh, Kazaria's injured arm with the chair that the ref was didn't see it. There was a an accident smash by O'Reilly that, followed by the uh Jason the dragon, but uh, Kazaria kicks out, and then all of a sudden Kyle applies the Armageddon and as he lo- as he locks it in for a few seconds later, Frankie taps out, and Red dragons still the Tag team champions, which I thought was a good move. Uh, great match. Crowd was really hot, was really into this match. And I thought it was smart for the champions to retain.
3: Yeah, and you know, they shook hands afterwards. And Daniel sort of did say it isn't over.
4: <clears throat> yes.
3: They're teasing there could be interactions with them again somewhere down the line. But certainly a very good match, as, as you'd expect it to be, with uh, the four guys in it. And um, finally, the Ring of Honor world title match. Adam Cole defending against Michael Elgin. And probably one of the best screw-ups in wrestling history. But (laughs) um, do you want to explain some of the match before we got to that moment?
4: Um This was a really great match. Really good back and forth. Uh, Some parts were overselling, in my opinion. But uh, I guess in a way that was expected. Okay, so basically... I believe this is when Elgin hits the Elgin Bomb. Ref does the count. As he was about to hit three, Adam Cole manages to kick out at the last second. 2.99. Which at this point, the fans prematurely started to throw streamers in the ring. Some? Well, (laughs) that ring was covered in streamers when that happened. It was a lot of streamers. And then the ref said, no, that was a two count. And then the fans started chanting We fucked up <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure was the first in wrestling.
3: Yeah. That's that's a rarity if it
4: has happened before. So the match continues. As I said, a lot of uh spots that uh we kinda saw it in, in P W G with Adam Cole and Michael Logan. Uh we saw Adam hit the reverse Rikirana on elgin
3: he accidentally super kicked the ref which you know uh, elgin then hit his buckle bomb and the, the sit out bomb and then rolled him up for the pin right in front of a downed referee and elgin's face was like "Not a fucking again
4: <laughs> <laughs> which i gotta say i gotta give kudos to todd sinclair he sold that super kick like a million bucks he sold it like death Yes.
3: Uh, then um, the uh, rest of the kingdom came out Bennett and Hardy and to some extent Maria hmm. Uh, Elgin managed to one-handedly get rid of them (laughs) then uh, was going to he was chasing Maria around the ring and then uh, Hardy hit Elgin with the Ring of Honor title belt and uh what did Cole hit the Florida key on the floor?
4: I don't think so. No. It was just a title belt oh, smack, no, wasn't no. it? No, he didn't hit it on the floor. Oh. That was later in the match. Yeah. So basically they all attack on Elgin and then all of a sudden um <clears throat> yeah. Hanson and uh and Roe comes out and uh they run off Hardy and Bennett. Uh, so,
3: all of a sudden, we've got a new feud.
4: <laughs> which I was a bit confused because I initially thought it was the Briscoes.
3: One, the Briscoes aren't that big, and two, only one of them is that hairy.
4: Yeah, but I just thought it was the Briscoes simply because it would have made sense because earlier. In- yeah,
3: I, I was. I, as soon as it happened and you know they were looking to dominate, I was like, here come the Briscoes. Wait, it's, it's Hanson and.
4: What are Hanson and Roe doing there? And I didn't notice it until um, Kevin Kelly said in the commentary it was a war machine. I'm like, oh, okay. Which, if you're new to Ring of Honor, you have zero clue who these guys are. So that's why I would have preferred if... Had the Briscoes come out instead. Because they had seen them running in the show. But at the same time, it does make sense because... Storyline-wise, Elgin is kind of like their trainer on the the television. Their mentor, yeah. Yeah, like their mentor, basically. So storyline-wise, it does make sense.
3: But, um, yeah, the referee started doing the 20 count, and Elgin Elgin got up and then fell down at 17, and then miraculously did a Cena and got in at 19.
4: Yeah, he, he just got in there <laughs> in the last second.
3: And uh, Maria kept trying to get involved, only for a certain mischief. Yes. To show up and uh, do the green mist uh her, and they basically um, feuded to the back.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And then we went for. Um, Submission transition. Woo! Because, uh, yeah, Cole put the figure four on. And Elgin, I don't know if he reversed it, but he got out of it and then pretty much put on the crossfade straight after. Yeah. But then Cole got out of that by basically punching away at uh, Elgin's bad knee. Mm-hmm. And bad leg. Um, now, it was certainly... Cole then also hit a Canadian destroyer, I think. Yeah, the the Panama Sunrise. Yeah, the Panama Sunrise for the two count. Then went for it the second time, only for Elgin to catch him. Power, power bombed him, I think, straight power bomb. Then eight, Then uh, turnbuckle power bombed him and then sit out power bomb, wasn't it? Or was it the spinning?
4: Yeah, the spiral bomb. Yeah, the or the Elgin bomb, bomb, we can call it now because it's gotta made it known now. Hits the Elgin Bomb. One, two, three. And we finally have a new Raywana champion as Michael Elgin uh, finally gets the big gold and is the new champion. And Mm -hmm. the fans go nuts. Confetti and streamers are going around. Properly this time. (laughs) Yes. Properly. And uh Carrie Sokin gets in the ring and hands Elgin the Ring of Runner title as the show goes off the air.
3: Also only lasting... thing, Yeah. You had all this interference, yet the commissioner McGuinness was at ringside. Doing
4: not a damn thing. I d I don't even remember him doing that much commentary on that match. He barely said He barely said a paragraph. Just say yeah, <laughs> Nigel, I think has to be the worst power authority currently in wrestling. Oh wow, and I really mean that. <laughs> and he's horrible in the commentary. I
3: can, I can, I, I, I sort of. I I like him on commentary, but the more and more stuff like this happens when he's supposed to be the boss and all yet all this interference happens while he's on commentary, it just it it dents his credibility in terms of actually being the bloke in charge, like you were saying. Um I you know, I'm personally enjoy him. I don't think he's the best commentator at all but considering how some people hate Carino it's weird I like both of them yet other people are like you have to like one or the other
4: the worst part about it was when uh, I guess the Empire they they came out and interfered Nigel was like "Oh, I think somebody should do something about them I'm thinking to myself Motherfucker, you're the fucking power authority. You should do something yourself. Like, come on.
3: I mean he got he's he he got physically involved in the McGuinness vs. Scum thing earlier on well, twenty thirteen. So why why didn't it oh no?
4: Well Look, uh, the match itself was good, but it was a bit of overbooking with uh, the interference and the other interference and then the other interference and Nigel just sitting there looking like a moron, doing nothing about it. You know. But the match was still good, regardless of the, all the shenanigans. This
3: is what happens when Delirious is distracted by Shikara.
4: Oh. Uh. I don't know if he was there, but I'm pretty sure he wasn't. I'm pretty sure he wasn't.
3: No, uh, but I'm saying obviously, Delirious is a major part of Shikara because they've already written that into the law.
4: Yeah.
3: <clears throat> and I know, I know, he's obviously going to be concentrating on booking the thing, but it's just Delirious should either be a wrestler or a booker, not both. And to be honest, with, you know, don't get me wrong, Best in the World was a good show, but it wasn't the best show it could have been Right. in terms of the showcase.
4: I can understand that.
3: But we do actually have a sort of question, which I guess we can also answer here, because it's sort of his general thoughts. Um, Justin, via email, uh, asked us um, what our thoughts are on the production style of best in the world and also um whether we think elgin's character is getting boring so i think i'll start production wise certainly i think it was a step up the lighting looked like like a tna sort of show or you know like the asylum shows did back in the day okay you weren't using as much of the asylum but that was the other very good thing. They clearly knew they weren't going to fill the full asylum, so they 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 framed it in such a way so it looked like it was full. And from what I remember from the fan shots, where the hard camera was, there were actually fans there. <laughs> so um, I mean, there were a few you know empty seats here and there, but they did the best thing. The entrance where they put it with the the ramp. Um was pretty smart. You had the big screen for everybody to see, like, the promos and everything behind them. So for those people that couldn't really see it properly, they had a big screen in order to see it on, Yeah, which was probably the direct camera feed and everything. I also like the fact that they did have sort of two hard cameras, didn't they? You had the one that was level with the ring, and then you had the one that was, like, Facing corner on to the uh, sort of parallel to the uh, the entrance way, where the ramp was. Right, uh, but certainly, even though there was no reason for McGinnis to be there, apart from the bit where he did, it felt like it didn't need an interval. That might be because of Moose, but, you know. Um, Clearly, where the interval would have been, because normally at the interval, that's when McGuinness comes in to do commentary. That clearly happened when we had the the DQ, and then McGuinness came out, and then he got on commentary for the rest of it. And it just flowed. Which... I was I was just thinking to myself because there were seven matches on the card. Are they seriously going to pull a ten or fifteen minute intermission in this? No, because I was just thinking that they would, but they didn't. They did it right. They gave probably about the same amount of time, pay per view wise, as a, as a WWE pay per view would. You know, about two hours fifty. So it didn't end right on the hour did it
4: oh they they had like at least 3 or 4 minutes before the top of the hour yeah it went really they long
3: they didn't they didn't go um right to the very end but they they went far but i guess that's because you know traditionally obviously previously they've been doing 20 minute intervals and then also a 3 hour show so, uh, the fact that they got it in the time, I think, it, certainly in terms of production, Ring of Honor did make the step up, but it needed to. In terms of Elgin's character, um, I've got to say no, because we haven't seen him with a world title, because I want to see what his approach is, because, in essence, Elgin is the same guy in every promotion that he's in at the minute, because in AIW he's the champ. For how long? Yeah, we'll we'll get to. Mm-hmm. But um, certainly, when he's been teased as being champ in PWG, like against Cole back in um, Battle of Los Angeles. Was it Battle of Los Angeles 2012? Yes, it was. It was. It's the same sort of deal. Elgin is this powerhouse guy that um, see. If you think he's boring, you think Brock Lesnar's boring. Yeah. it's the same? It's the same sort of approach. It's this guy that will basically beat the crap out of you. Why else do you think he's part of the Unbreakable fucking machines?
4: The name's a clue. Okay. Uh, before I answer the question, uh, I just want to say about the main event, I thought it went a bit too long. I would have preferred if it ended about five, six minutes early because once I noticed it was literally like at 10.50, I'm like, okay, they're going a bit long here. They, it should end by yeah. now. And they were literally like they had at least four minutes before. 11 o'clock when the feed actually cut off. So they they have to practice on their timing. But to to answer the question to Justin, uh, as far as production goes, it is an improvement. I did have a few issues with the lighting. Uh, They still use the lighting rigs that they use for the regular shows. Uh, Mm -hmm. Apparently, uh, Court Bauer, uh, who was a part of Ring of Honor, he had mentioned that there were plans to use a a lighting structure above the ring, but the problem was uh, apparently they couldn't get the the people that were in charge in the building to set it up because uh, they didn't have the right equipment to hook it up. Oh. So that's why they had to use the lighting rigs that they had, which is understanding, but camera wise. Sound wise, everything, everything else was an improvement, and it did look good on television. As I, I did order through my uh, cable provider here on uh, New York on Optimum, it did look good. It did look good. Uh, as far as uh, Elgin's character, um, uh, I gotta agree with everything that Ash had, had mentioned. I don't think he was getting boring up to this point. I think it was I think he's doing fine. Now that he has the belts, he's gonna be that uh the honorable defending champion now. And now that you, you have AJ Styles one in a shot, when will it happen? I don't know. But you also have other people so you know, get a shot at the belt. You know, you have Adam Cole pr- obviously wanted a rematch. Uh. You have a possibility of Chris Hero in the mix whenever he's free. Also, possibility of trying to get Tommaso Ciampa to get an opportunity because I think, I think he's already, I think he's earned to go up the ladder for mm. for that world title scene. In my opinion, I think is he's worth getting. And there's also other people that uh, could get a title shot as well. I mean, I noticed some people were saying, why not give Steven another shot as he's about to move on? He's got these extra dates having. Why not?
3: And I mean, this is no disrespect to IIW, but you haven't really seen Elgin... Run properly with uh, as a champion. If anything, the first run because he he was A I W champ before, wasn't he? No. Where was it? Was he his champ? Was it? A- it was A A W, was wasn't it? Yeah, it's A A W. And he wasn't too bad in A A W, but he was still at the time not really getting anything in Ring of Honor. Then. PWG started pushing him. And then as soon as that happened, that's when really the momentum for Elgin came for um, Border Wars last year. And since, if you look at Elgin's time as AIW champ since, what was it, December? Yeah. When he got the belt. I think what you saw there from Elgin and have seen since in the past six months, including this weekend, will be some shape or form what you see from Elgin in Ring of Honor. He'll be, it, also, it won't be Eric Young's style, but it will be sort of the fighting champion style. He won't back down from anybody. You know, he, he ain't the heel. He won't try and take the easy way out. And to be honest, there hasn't been a guy like that since Steen, because Briscoe never really sort of did it in his short couple of month tenure. Really, yeah. Was I mean that 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 got cheapened by the fact that there was fifty nine different world titles in Ring of Honor for about two minutes, and then it became two, and you know that just didn't help there but you know Cole was a good heel champion and I think what will will make Elgin better is the fact that probably Cole is going to go after him and it's like you know Jeff said it loads of people have said it on this network when heels go against face champions it helps both of them and I think if this Cole Elgin feud does continue, it's going to be good. It, hell, if Elgin AJ happens, people will probably be sick because we've already seen the matches. But then again, you know, Taneha, Tanahashi versus Nakamura has happened three times this year. And people don't get sick of them because they know they're going to be good matches. I think put aside the character. Because as long as you're watching an entertaining match, I honestly don't care about the guy's character. Because, you know, I wasn't really a fan of Japanese wrestling until I saw Tanahashi Nakamura for the first time. You know, uh, what was it, G1 Climax
4: two years ago, was it? Um... I think... But no, it might have been when uh, Tana Ashi was was uh, world champion. It was a, Yeah, it was, a, it was a couple of
3: years back. But I saw it for the first time, not knowing who was heel, who was face, which I don't think they were at the time. It was just face versus face. But they put on such a hell of a match that I became fans of them. This is what Elgin can do. Especially if You know, if this whole deal with New Japan and all these other promotions keeps continuing, Elgin's going to be the guy that is sort of going to be the flag bearer for Ring of Honor, I'd say, for at least the next year. Yeah. And there's a lot of people on that under-roster that has got potential. If you talk in terms of Elgin being face, um, Chomper's got certainly a shout. Um... Bennett's got a shout, oh, be careful. you
4: don't want to get people mad
3: no but i'm just I'm just saying, um Chompa could turn heel. that's something feasible, I think, in terms of his pursuit. Obviously, Cole could continue um <clears throat> dare I say it even though it wouldn't be heel versus face, Cedric Alexander. It might be too soon, perhaps even Roderick Strong. Let's have the if you want to push the decade, let's have them going for the Ring of Honor title. But give give the man a chance. He's only had the belt for what five days. Let's see what happens with him. Beforehand, I don't like the fact that the Ring of Honor tapings. Oh, sorry, the Ring of Honor TV show this coming week is just showcasing Michael Elgin. Apparently, they haven't been able to record anything without the Ring of Honor champion being involved. that They could sort of tie in and whatever. But perhaps that could be a good move. Okay. uh, Do we know what's actually on the match schedule for Saturday's Ring of Honor? uh, Not that I know of. But uh, we do. Give- all, all I know is it's a showcase on him. Yeah. So watch it. If you think he's boring, then it's a shame because there's potential in.
4: Yeah, I say give it a chance. Just, just so we uh, We need to move on because we're quickly running we're a bit of our time. I uh, yeah. just want to quickly want to go over some um, some of the listeners' thoughts on a pay per view over on our Twitter page. Uh, Bonnie Wilson said that she liked it. Top to bottom solid. From Unbreakable Baby. Great stuff. But uh, no replays. Bums me out. From Michael Durwold. Excuse me if I, I apologize if I mispronounce it. Uh, great show, except for the Moose segment. And he does have a question for us. Uh, do you think that despite not a lot of promotion to drawing non-Ring of Honor fans, do you think there was enough buys for another one? Or... Will it be back to my pay per view? Thankfully it's live and not tape delay.
3: Um I haven't heard anything about the numbers yet. Yeah, has it got a release yet? I think I think it'll be at least a couple of weeks. It depends on the numbers. <clears throat> I think if they've got close to five figures to ten thousand, they'll probably see it as a success. And My honest feeling is they'll run four pay-per-views a year. Probably the Anniversary Show. Best in the World. Probably Death Before Dishonor, because that's like September time, isn't it? It's October. Is there a show in
4: September? I think that's
3: Glory by Honor. So that one could be pay-per-view. And then Final Battle at Christmas.
4: Yeah. I was thinking the same thing.
3: Because... Final Battle this year is... I think it's supposed to be a Friday... Is it? No, it's a Sunday, but it's the Sunday after TLC, because TLC doesn't go on at Christmas anymore. It's like Friday the 22nd, I think. I I don't know the date. i have to have a quick... I'll see if I can quickly uh, uh, check it out.
4: As far as the the promotion stuff for, like, the... From what I've heard, uh, supposedly Kurt Bauer had said that there's a reason for it, but for some reason he's not going to mention it now. He's got to wait another week apparently to talk about that. But he was not happy that there was not that much promotion outside of the internet as far as uh, television uh, promotion and all that stuff. There's going to be some sort of explanation. Hopefully it's a good reason, but we'll see what happens. But I do agree with uh, the four pay-per-view format. I think that's a good idea. The Anniversary Show, Best of the World, either Glory by Honor or Death Before Dishonor, one of those two, and Final Battle. Perfect setup. You don't need more than that. That's it. I'm just
3: having a quick look. Okay, there is no schedule for final battle yet. <clears throat> apparently. Um, so uh, doesn't even t- yeah, death oh no, death before dishonour is actually happening in August. Really? Mm mm-hmm. hmm. Hmm. Twenty second of August and twenty third. In Milwaukee, Wisconsin and Chicago, Ridge, mm-hmm. Illinois. So I'm guessing one will probably be like a, a show, and the other will be taped I'm get you know like TV uh t v tapings
4: right
3: more than likely, but yeah, it doesn't look like there's any sort of unconfirmed confirmed sort of date for uh anything beyond september oh no they they're already so they they're going back to Nashville on the third of January. For TV tapings. Yeah. But there's nothing yet set for... Um, uh, with regards to uh, Ring of Honor Final Battle. Then again, of course, what if TNA is now using the Manhattan Center as their base now? Because they can't go uh, to Orlando anymore. Mm, no, I don't think so.
4: <clears throat> They'll still use uh, the Hammerstein.
3: Oh, I hope so, yeah. Thank you for the question.
4: Yes. Thank you everyone for the feedback. We greatly appreciate
3: it. So uh yeah. We have we we don't have much time, so let's get into these results. So <clears throat> results, previews. Yeah, I was gonna say. <clears throat> There'll be results next week. I was I was thinking ahead. Um IWA Mid South have got three events. Um, across uh, Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening, and Sunday. Uh, starting off on Saturday afternoon with the IWA Mid South Queen of a Death match at the Rustic Frog Gentlemen's Club in seventeen twenty Old River Road, New Albany, uh, Indianapolis. The events only for eighteen people over eighteen. Probably because it's in a gentlemen's club.
4: Uh, it's in Indiana, not Indianapolis.
3: Oh, Indiana. I, I take it back. Yeah, because Indianapolis isn't a state. So if 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 so, why the hell has it got a New York football? as it not New York? Why has it got a the NFL team? Thought most of them were states. Anyway, um, yeah, it's obviously eighteen. You can only be eighteen because it's in a gentleman's club. <laughs> then again, if you want to go to the gentleman's club and then also see hardcore wrestling at the same, yeah. You can see hardcore action of two different varieties. (laughs) Uh, The front row and the VIP stuff is sold out. Uh, Ringside chair seating is $35 for all day. And the gemball admission, the bleacher seating, is $25 all day. Uh, So for the queen of the deathmatch stuff, in non-tormant action, you're going to have Jordan Grace versus Lufisto. And then... In the tournament itself, um, there's going to be semi-finals and finals, but the first round matches. This is all we really know. Um, we've got the barefoot four corners of pain, tax, tubes, mouse traps, and rubbing alcohol. <clears throat> As the walking episode of cops, Mickey Knuckles, takes on the cemetery baby Kiki Rose. Then we have got a TLC match. No, it's not that. It's tax. Ladders and canes. Because who needs chairs and tables? Uh, that'll be the punk rock ragdoll Heidi Lovelace taking on hunts at envy. Then we've got the hardcore bondage death match. <laughs> As it, it's a barbed wire dog collar cat of nine tails on a pole match. As a uh, Ludark, Shaitan. Takes on uh, Thunder Kitty, and then the Your Ass Is Glass death match with panes of glass, bundles of tubes, and pits of glass. We got pits. It's so them dreaded pits again. You think this is the same set from um, <laughs> from uh, the Torment of Death show, and they just hire it out? Um, that'll be Randy West versus Rebecca Payne. And then, um, in the evening at 6 p.m., uh, it will be the King of a Death match event. The same ticket pricing, uh, applies because it's obviously, uh, all day. Uh, in this one, it's a bit confusing because apparently there's 12 people in this tournament. So I guess we're channeling a little, um, triple threat somewhere down the line Um, with the semi-finals and the finals so we've got a hot coals panes of glass match between Mitch Page and the Suicide Kid Jacob Bowyer fans bring the weapons as Freak Show takes on Masada a barefoot BLT match and in case you're wondering BLT is bulbs, Legos and tacks
4: why is it called Legos? Because that's the little building blocks I don't know, but that's Yeah, but that's the name of the company. I don't know, it's that's they're building blocks. They're
3: not called Legos. Legos is what bloody Mario says at the start of a Mario game. Lego Anyway. Uh a you've got Nail match, which is gonna be beds of nails and boards of nails on the ropes, as John Wayne Murdoch takes on Paul Bronson. World Series of Glass. Uh, it's a basically a best of seven log cabins of glass match. Log cap. Hang on. Now I'm confused. Um. Anyway, it's Jesse Amato versus Matt Tramon. Then Death from Above, with scaffolds, ladders, barbed wire tables, and barbed wire nets. So basically, Cage of Death. <laughs> Devon Moore versus Ron Mathis. And, uh, yeah, the semi finals and finals will happen after it. That's confusing. But it's in the gentleman's club, so who knows. And then Sunday afternoon, uh, IWA will be having their Suicide Tendency show at the Jammers Roller Domes, as, as, uh, where they normally are, at 1515 Lynch Lane, Clarksville. Uh, uh, they just having tickets, um, Ticket is actually not too bad a price. It's uh, $20 for the floor and 15 for general admission. <clears throat> Bell time at 3 with the doors opening at 2.15. Currently on set for the card, uh, we've got an eight-man scramble with Gary J, Reed, Bentley, Ace Perry, Dale Patricks, Josh Crane, Shane Mercer, John Wayne Murdoch, and Joseph Schwartz. Uh, the winner will be deemed the number one contender for the IWA Mid-South world title. Somehow. Uh, there'll be a tape fist match as mean Ma- Mean Mitch Page takes on Derek Neal. <coughs> then ladies' tag team action as Hudson MV teams up with Lou Fisto to take on Heidi Lovelace and a mystery partner, with Daphne being the special guest referee. <coughs> or hail Daphne's ass. Actually, actually, that's I've just realised... <coughs> Isn't Heidi part of the ass now? I can't remember. Yeah, she is. Yeah. So, this, <laughs> you've got to be biased refereeing here. Um, there's going to be a hardcore dream match freeway dance We're between Masada, Sabu, and Matremont. That's different. And then the IWA Mid South World title match itself as Congo Kong. Takes on the hood ninja, Isaiah. Um, so uh, that's all coming up. Also, uh, another shine show this weekend uh, happening this Friday. Um, June 27th, as ever, at the Orpheum in Ebor City, Florida. Um, 9 p.m. bell time. Heather Lynn is the live hostess. That is a different name, isn't it? It's not her from CWF Mid-Atlantic, is it?
4: No, Chastity Taylor, I have no clue what happened to her. Chastity Taylor disappeared. She's still around, but for some reason she's not doing Shine. So it's weird with that. But uh, I think this is the same uh, person that uh, does the the ring announcement for FIP, if I'm not mistaken. She okay. She did do <laughs> Shine... 18, if I'm not mistaken, which I did saw recently. Speaking of which, I was so disappointed with the the so-called car accident with Jessica Havoc.
3: Yeah. You saw it? No, but I'm just pleased that it's a disappointment. Cause the way it just seemed in the write up, it was like that's a big letdown, and I want to get your thoughts on it. I'm gonna have to watch it over
4: the weekend. Well, I was about to say it, but uh, Man, I Go was on. so dis- Okay. Basically, the cameraman completely missed the shot. <laughs> we never see Jessica actually get hit by the car. We're just under the inception that she was hit by the car.
3: See, because you said inception, I need the inception music to cue. Keep... No, we won't do that. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> you
0: know
3: what I mean. Yeah, I know. So disappointed. Oh. So disappointed! Wow. uh framing, framing people. Um. Anyway, uh. So first, shine twenty. We have the tag team number one contenders match as the S and Express of Sassy Staffy and Jesse Smothers will take on the Kimber Bombs of Kimberly and Cherry Bomb. Uh, lead team legendary comprising of Malia Hasaka and Brandy Wine. And also the buddy system of Heidi Lovelace and Solo Darling with Daphne. Uh, Also on the card, Too Young with April Hunter will be taking on Justine Silver. Leah Von Dutch will face Amber O'Neill. Taylor Maid with April Hunter will be taking on Rosanegua with uh, Noemi La Rebelde Bosquez. No, I still don't know who she is. Uh, Nevea versus Candice LeRae. Cool. Uh, the last woman standing match between Jessica Havoc and Alison Kay. Hopefully, we finally have something happen there. Yes. <clears throat> let's, let's piss everybody off. Double count out. Go on. We'll make this feud go on forever. Um, the Shine tag team titles will be on the line. The Lucha sisters defending against the winners of the uh, number one contenders match earlier on in the night. To be honest, I'm guessing that's probably going to open the show. Otherwise, that's a little unfair. And then, probably the big one. The Shine Championship, as East defends against Serena Deeb. The one that's been three months in the making. And for some reason, it hasn't
4: happened. Are they trying to build it up?
3: And it did. Yeah, true. Um... Also this weekend, uh, we have uh, Wrestling is Fun, because it is, uh, at the Goodwill Beneficial Association Hall in Reading, Pennsylvania, uh, 100 Madison Avenue if you want the details. Um, On the card, we've got Shenron taking on Yaka, Ophidian versus Max Smashmaster. The Throwbacks will be taking on the Block Party, probably defending them pairs. More than likely. Sure. The Baltic Siege will take on Los Ice Creams. So we kind of can guess who's gonna win that. Sadly. Um, Night Eye for the pirate guy will be taking on the pieces of hate. Methinks Campionatos de Perejas might be involved. Yeah, hopefully that will get cleared. <laughs> and then for the almighty banana Amasis. Versus Juan Francisco de Coronado. Maybe.
4: I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) If he isn't injured again. And by the the way, you forgot to mention the name of the show, which is entitled...
3: Banana Star Galactica. There you go. Trust me, it gets better in August, but we'll wait till that till then. (laughs) Um, And then finally, this weekend... We've also got probably the biggest one of the week, no disrespect to the others, but it's AIW's Absolution 9, in Roman numerals, uh, which is going to be Sunday at 6pm at Turner's Hall in Cleveland, Ohio. So basically, everybody that's going is going to miss Money in the Bank, so hopefully you've all got a network so you can watch it after you get back. Because, to be honest, this looks a better card than Money in the Bank in some respects. So, uh, tickets are going to be available at the door for $20, which is good value, I will say, uh, for what you're getting. So, uh, there's going to be a six-way scramble with Brett Banks, ACH, Cheech, Flip Kendrick, Hashtag Sparks, who may or may not be Silesia, and Colin Delaney. Uh Tyson Dukes will take on Bobby Beverly. The grudge match between Josh Prohibition and Matt Cross will go down uh Ricky Shane page will be looking for vengeance as he takes on Eddie Kingston accompanied by the Duke um another bit a, a rematch from last year as uh Johnny Gagano takes on hashtag all ego Ethan Page or well, may or may not be Ethan Page. We cannot confirm or deny that until the actual day. Um, the grudge match between Vader Scott and Gregory Iron, which will probably get crazy. Uh, the AEW tag titles on the line as Jacobs and Whitmer of the Forgotten take on the Jollyville Fockets. Uh, Lewis Linden will be defending his intense title against Davy Vega. Kind of wondering um, what's going to happen there. Uh, Kevin Steen will be taking on Chris Sabin. Mm-hmm. And the main event, the absolute title, despite everything that's happened, it'll be Michael Elgin defending the title against Tim Donst.
4: Yep. So big stuff going down. Might see a new champion. Yeah,
3: I, I will say that's probably likely. But... Um, Oh, I won't object because it's done. So, um, you'll hear all about that hopefully next week or whatever. But, um, that's all for this week. Check out all the other shows here on the network. Unplugged Tuesdays at nine with Jeff and Bronx. Sunday night showdown coming up this Sunday for, uh, pay per view coverage, live event coverage, depending where you are in the world of, um, money in the bank. Because it's still pay per view over here in the UK. The bastards. Um And then podcasts. You've got Sticks and Flicks, Sticks and Kicks with me, both of them. Uh, Running the Ropes with Mav, the whole. Uh, no, the Get in the Zone. Losing track. Get in the Zone with Bronx Anthony L Train. Uh, the Elite Force podcast with uh, Mind Wipe and Walkie and Chuck W. And Beyond the Bell with Sean Beckerman. <laughs> and uh, Unplug CT. Apparently boring. Sandra, (laughs) Unplug CT (laughs) with Bronx and Jeff as well. Um, If you want to get in touch with us, uh, give us the details, Sandra. Uh,
4: You can find us on Facebook, .facebook www.facebook.com, backslash The Whole Indie Show. Like us there. You can follow us on Twitter, at TWIS underscore podcast. You can follow myself. At Sandro Twis S a n d r o T w i s, you can follow Ashley at Ash is my name UK. Uh, you can send us emails with your questions or your feedback uh, to wholeindie at SNS network dot com. Uh, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Just search for the Whole Indie Show. Uh subscribe to us and leave us feedback. Uh you can also subscribe to our RSS feed, which is located at snsradionetwork.com. dot com. And you can find all the archives on there as well.
3: Yeah, all well, the previous a hundred. Well, no, it is a hundred because the uh the, the the hidden, you know, the lost episode actually did count as a number, so um yeah. Song of the night Uh, Going back to an old mainstay of the show, we're going with Muse because it's sort of obvious what's happening this weekend. We have to go with Song for Absolution. So, with that being said, this was Ashley. That was Sandro. This was your weekly slice of indie goodness. We'll see you next week.
0: So wrong.